people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys! This is the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here is your host, Derek McCall! Thank you, Nate. This is Derek McCall, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting from Seven Stars Bar and Grill on Wednesday, November 13th in San Jose, California. Of course, uh, that lovely introduction was from Our Man in Los Angeles... I am Big Casa. And giving him the silent hands, it just signals that he himself cannot see. The podcast so- producer. The sound of one hand pointing. Rick Brett Snyder. Uh, we've created our own Zen Cohen. Yes. All right. This is, as promised, our Mav Wednesday episode. We're going to be giving our... <laughs> I thought maybe a little too subtle. Uh, our, we're giving our uh, gift recommendations early, this time before Thanksgiving, so maybe you can... Uh, it's like the bruise hasn't them. quite turned black yet. Well, exactly. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and then we'll be adding to. The thing is, there, you know, the thing I, I feel is like we do this episode, and then immediately the day after, just like somebody will announce some huge casting news tomorrow, the day after there's some, like, cool toy or Indeed. cool book that we were like, oh, why did we mention that? So Always. I will continue adding on, and then there will be, you know, Christmas money Thursday, uh, <laughs> and, you know, we'll be what will you spend after after Christmas? <laughs> Toy return Friday. Toy return Friday. <laughs> and uh, batteries not included Saturday. Bitter hungover Sunday. <laughs> so I will, of course, be doing that. Uh, but first, a little bit of comics news. So uh, a very tiny little bit of movie news. I really didn't see that much that was intriguing to me this week. Big news, of course, that came out Thursday uh, involving uh, Marvel. Uh, the day after we recorded. Yes, exactly. Um, and uh, and something that I think uh, will very much excite Nate, involving a creator he loves, and then a little stage news, and then we're going to get to the gift guide. So I'm going to go back up here and and talk. Uh, first of all, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you have the news under your thumb. I do have it under my thumb, literally under your literally thumb. thanks to Evernote. Um, a couple of weeks ago, because both of you and I, Rick, loved. Sandman Overture number one, and you really wanted that to be uh, a number two very shortly after there, right? Yes. Well, no. Neil Gaiman says he was so busy touring the summer he forgot to write the second issue. So he is a busy guy. He, he is. So so number two will come out on February twenty sixth. It'll now. be an annual. Uh, not quite. Uh, <laughs> no, what's a try? What would be the word for it if it's try three times a year? Lame. All right. Okay. Anyway, it was a beautiful first issue, so looking forward to to that. And then, you know, hopefully he will pace himself to have time to finish up the Miracle Man series, which will not have new material until 2016, according to an interview from Joe Casada today. I'm fine with that. That just uh, no, means everything's going to come Because they're out going to be phase. reprinting, and, and since... We're not going to go broke buying it all again. Uh, I am. I have <laughs> no idea what I did with my original issues. I, I mean, I know they're somewhere, but... 
they may not be somewhere where I'm allowed to go get them. So true. I would rather have the new material, which will have new pinups and new things and things to remind. And I want to have an edition of the first six issues where it says, where it is credited to literally original author. Yes. <laughs> so um, that was the thing. Uh, we failed to mention about three months ago, we didn't really cover it, that uh, Miyazaki, the head of Studio Ghibli, had uh, retired, had announced his retirement uh, with one last final quiet little film out in, out in Poppy Field. Is that what it was called? I was looking at it this afternoon. And you can't, something about Poppy Fields, yeah. and we have not watched that yet. It looks we, like one of his charming uh, but, slice of life in Japan. Which I love. Those are really yeah. cool little little animated films. And he announced his retirement, and then the the guy who took over for him, Mr. Ghibli, gave an interview this week and said, well, he doesn't really retire well, so he's drawing, <laughs> and he's creating a new manga. He retires so, as well as Stephen King. Uh, yes, that's interesting. Uh, read an interview, a little quick interview with Stephen King. Like the only thing that scares him now is uh, Alzheimer's. Oh, yeah. He's afraid of losing his faculties, which is uh, he's been scaring the wits out of everybody else. He's, for he's really not alone in that. I, I really, I, I know. <laughs> it's, Steve, it's not a unique opinion. Steve, there. you're just like I'm afraid of him. No, I'm afraid. Yeah, exactly. You know what they've proven has staves off dementia and loss of faculties and old ages. Please tell me it's cinnamon whiskey. No board games. Working, uh, playing board games and puzzles um, keeps your brain uh, active and cognitive. It's, it's like exercise. There's actually brain. one other thing that does, and this is also true too. What's that? Excessive reading comic books. Excessive prayer. Excessive oh. prayer. Wow. Yes, because there's a a convent full of nuns in Minnesota. This is a weird sidetrack. But uh, because I work for the Sisters of Notre Dame de Namur, there was a convent in Minnesota where yeah. several of them had, when they, they donated their bodies to science afterwards, uh, after their deaths, right. and several of them, their brains were at stage five. No aluminum buildup on the dendrites. Their um, brains were at stage five, and then what they figured is that they had shown no outward signs of dementia. They were, cut, they were very sharp until the end, and it was because they were spending their days in quiet contemplation. But you know, if it's prayer, I bet, and not to get too serious here, but I, I bet it it's has too to late. I bet it has to be sincere. I bet you really have to believe well, it's contemplation. what you're saying such that you it's, are using your brain strong. It's, it's, it's not like doing push-ups. No, you know? It's, you know, it's, it's no stress. Right. It's because you've given over your... I am uh, not going to say that praying to, say, dark side is going to work, but... Worth a try. I wanted to tie it back into Fanboy Planet. There we go. Not to actually blaspheme tonight on I Wednesday. Would, I would really rather pray to High Father. Isaiah? Yeah. Um, I, why not? I like Light Ray. And, I'd be like Eros. And one last creative thing. Uh, they did announce a new creative team for one of the new Marvel Now reboots, which is how many number ones can the Fantastic Four have? Oh, really? But I like the team. Okay. It's James Robinson oh and God. Leonard Kirk. They're going to take over in wow. February. Now, what's Kirk do- done recently? I'm not sure what he's done recently, but he's working on Fantastic Four. Okay. So yeah, let's we're more excited, excited about James Robinson. I'm, much, I'm very excited about James Robinson writing wow, Fantastic Four. That's a, he's a great pick for that. I think he would be. It, it's, he's got such a sense of family and community and that kind of stuff. It's perfect. I don't like it because that means I'm going to have to start reading it again. <laughs> <laughs> I I have been and I I I like it from that from exactly what Rick just said. Here is a man. I think even 
the sense of when we go back to the interview we did with him that it's not so much that he has a sense of family community, but you see a, a writer struggling to to define what it means in a way that will be meaningful for a reader. Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, yeah. because his you know his own personal life, he said that has been very tumultuous in that way. I think it's a. I think it is a great choice. It'll be really fascinating to read it. There's a definite yearning for the connectivity of family in his in yes. a lot of his stories. Yes, even that is when absolutely you go to the, true. The Justice Society. There was even in that abstraction. There, you could you really see absolutely it. true. The only, and it's not a doubt. It'll be intriguing to see because I do feel like some writers are very well suited for a certain universe. Like I think that Jeff Johns did not particularly resonate well when he wrote in the Marvel Universe. Mm. He is a DC writer. Yeah. And James Robinson's work, most of what has resonated has been DC as well. So it'll be interesting to see what he gets, what will happen when he tackles Marvel. It's because funny. there I, is a different I, feel. I do think there are writers that there's a different feel. Dan Slott, for example, over at DC, for whatever reason, did not click even though I think he wrote some really good stuff. But there have been so many. Uh, there have been, I can think of one great one who did that. Who? Jack Kirby. And if you well, were gonna, Jack Kirby did both. But, but if you were going to say Marvel, Marvel and Jack Kirby, and then you go, but his DC stuff was just, and he came up to speed so fast in creating his own new world in DC. And, but I want to say with DC, he didn't work in the, mar- in the larger universe. He cre- you just Superman, said he got, up to, he got up to speed. Jimmy no, Olsen. No, no, Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen was a fourth world book. Yeah, and he uh, though in the in the golden age certainly, but he did his work with the Sandman, but and, and Challengers in the fifties, yeah. but disappeared. This he wasn't very long on Challengers, was, yeah, just sitting and Green Arrow at one point too. Yeah, but when he came back in the seventies to DC, his work was off to its own corner. Even though he had Jimmy Olsen, he was given Jimmy Olsen and Superman. No, he did not do Superman. He had Superman, Superman was in, in, in many Jimmy of those o- books. Yes, he had him in there, but those okay. were very separate, very different, and they still had other artists redraw his heads. Okay. I mean, that's true. You know, that, that Vince Scaletta and I can't remember who else was in charge of making sure that Superman was drawn on model. Superman was all over the fourth world, though, because he was in he was yes. in Jimmy Olsen. He was in uh, but Forever it, People. But I don't feel like it fit whatever whatever else was going on. Okay. And I, I Not to d- take away... I love the concepts of the new gods. I love everything that happened there. Yeah. But it was its own special corner. When he give you that. when he started doing other things for DC, it was a little weird. And I, although he contributed the new version of Sandman uh, between before Neil Gaiman's, right. the one that was in the red and yellow right, and the, the superhero. Became, yeah, that was more superhero. Sandman and Sandy. I loved No, he's not. What no. was the kid's name? No, the uh Jed Little no, Sando. No, you're thinking Sam and Sandy from 1940. He created that. He did that in right. 1940. I'm saying in the 70s he did the red and gold Sandman, not the purple and gold one. Oh, the one who yeah. was the Dream Master that right, led right, to right, the right. inspiration. Uh, so that was Jed, who was the the orphan kid who right. was um, being rescued. But he by brought Sandman. that back for a little while. It wasn't like a first or something that he the first issue special, and then there were like three issues. Okay. It didn't. It didn't sell well. Unfortunately, they had those, those strange uh, dream tubes that they jumped into, and right, and then they're all and they're used in Neil Gaiman Sandman too, because mm-hmm. they explained that the nightmares brute and glob had actually kidnapped a dead man and convinced him that he was still alive and stuck. You know, they'd taken a ghost. Ah. Um, so it would. He had some very interesting ideas, but I think he was more. 
when he went back to Marvel after getting mad at DC for whatever reason or vice versa, DC got mad at him, uh, he was still better able to fit in the Marvel Universe because he had done so much to be the architect of it. Sure. He could go back to Thor. He could go back to Captain America. He was able and then created the Eternals, which to me is not as great as of the New Gods. Gods, Right. But his work on Captain America was interesting. Yeah. Uh, oh no, it was great. <laughs> you know, so so it's more he he was more in the mainstream then. Didn't he do uh um T'Challa, the Black Panther? Black Panther, well? he did some Black Panther. Yeah. And because oh, I think he had essentially created Black Panther in the mm-hmm. first place and then Infantious. and then kind of went back to DC in the early 80s and we got Hunger Dogs and we got uh Superpowers the miniseries. Right. You know, um Hunger Dogs being uh, the end of End of New Gods. New Gods. And I wasn't very satisfied with that. The first end ending. of New Gods. <laughs> because it cannot end. Uh, we must rebuild it. So that was an interesting diversion uh, conversation about, we like James Robinson. Let's see what he does on Fantastic <laughs> Four. I, when's that going to start? This year? Uh, February. February. February, right? Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So I, I'll go over to movies. The only real rumor I got this week, and maybe, Nate, you've got something more. But I don't like how this is shaping up. Uh-huh. And I'm going <laughs> to... This is a good start to news. foreshadowing. Superman versus Batman. <laughs> okay. And, of course, Man of Steel came out on DVD yesterday. And this is what they're calling the team-up movie. Well, we actually don't even know that that's necessarily what they're calling it. Um, you know, Zack Snyder, like Let Slip, said something in this. They had a conversation. Uh, they had a, a big internet act event on Saturday with Kevin Smith interviewing Zack Snyder and he said, you know, Lex loves to make fun. So everybody's all a Twitter, quite literally, I guess now, a Twitter about, uh, you know, Lex Luthor will be the villain in Superman versus Batman. And it's like, well, of course, again, we've all figured that, yeah. that, that, you know, Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor makes sense as. Yeah, but is it Lex Luthor in the suit and tie or Lex Luthor in the green and purple suit? I would, I would gladly pay money for Lex Luthor in the green and purple suit because yeah. that's something nobody's done cinematically. But here's the weird this is the weird rumor and it's and it's not going away, so I'm I'm I don't know. I I never watched this show on HBO Girls. Uh, I know some people I really like one it. Episode some of it. people make fun of it. I have no idea. But this actor named Adam Driver, who's in his mid twenties mm-hmm. and has quite an impressive stage career, so I, I don't have a problem with like the chops, you know. But he's kind of He's not a particularly, shall we say, conventionally good-looking young man. Okay. Um, is rumored to be Nightwing in Superman versus Batman. Interesting. And on the heels of an, of the rumor of Wonder Woman in there, it's like, I don't want Superman versus Batman to, to be, be this this weird Justice League S. test run yeah. loaded with characters when I instead want to see, okay... What is your take going to be on on Batman? That sounds like somebody's son-in-law at the studio throwing out ideas. Maybe, maybe. I just don't want it to become overstuffed if it's not supposed to be the full-on team film. Yeah, if it's I, just a team-up film, that's funny. I would, you know, Jeff Johns should have a handle on this stuff, shouldn't he? Shouldn't he be the well, one see, saying no? Well, see, here's the problem. Here's the no. I it's don't. It's his think, job to say no. I don't think. I no. I don't think that it is. No. I think that that's what they present to us. I don't think Jeff Johns has quite as much power or here's the problem. I mean, shall we talk about mm, what's going on behind the scenes with the Burbank move? Oh, let's is that one of the things that no one seems to be disputing is that Diane Nelson, who is the head of Warner entertainment over, or at least of DC entertainment, right? Um, has 
basically told Jeff Johns that he must limit his writing of books to two a month, no more, because he has not been doing the job they've hired him to do Interesting. as chief creative officer in terms of the Hollywood properties, developing movies, I'd love to television. see his written job description. Well, again, I think it's interesting. What are his, and, and what are his hope, seasonal I, goals? I hope that I'm not telling tales out of school, but on LinkedIn, he gets recommended to me, and I would never dare reach out to him, though yeah. God, God love it. The day that Jeff Johns reaches out to link in to me would be awesome, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Are you listening, Jeff? Uh, well, you can I, make a small. Voice. I've already told. I've already told Carr. Dreams come true. Um, that he's listed as a writer for Warner Brothers. Oh, interesting. That's the title he's got, or at least that's the title of the profile on LinkedIn. It's which, not lying. Which, yeah. well, it's, it's not, and I think he does a good job. I just, I just think that the way the power structure is working at Warner Entertainment is. They have not truly given Jeff enough power to be like what Kevin Feige is with Marvel. I feel yeah. that Kevin Feige also has a brain trust, including Brian Michael Bendis, including uh, a couple of the other writers. And I'm going to think offhand who gets credited, but they're credited at the end of Iron Man. Right. At least. Bendis is definitely in Bendis there. is in there. There's a couple of other writers that he goes to the people that are actually yeah. making the books sell. And is asking them, what do you think will translate well into film? Because he's a very smart man. Yes. And, and he knows he's not in danger of losing his name above the title. And he has one thing that Jeff Johns doesn't have. What's that? A proven track record in movies. Well, no. You've got to remember that Jeff Johns came from movies. But what is? But as an assistant. But Richard what? Donner's assistant. What's he got? Compared uh, to Feige. Conspiracy theory. Yeah. No. Nothing. I, mean, I don't know where his credit was on that. Um well, no, he, I, I will say, and the, where I, I, I think that he knows how to guide. I'm not saying he can't do it. No, but. I think he's done a good job guiding things like on Smallville when he forced, I shouldn't say forced, but when he managed to massage Legion of Superheroes in, I thought he managed to do honor to both what I wanted out of a Legion of Superheroes appearance uh -huh. and still fit within the extreme limitations of what Smallville was comparatively to that. Okay. And his Justice Society, I found very satisfying, though, as my son, you know, Kid McCaw was very upset that he killed off a lot of the Justice Society right, there. Right. Well, I think, you know, they, I think he still Superhero did. deaths, you know? But for the tele but again, within the restrictions of what people We'd expected out of Smallville. Yeah. yeah. I think he did a good job doing that. And making, and like I said, I do, I do think he both redid Dr. Fate in a very sensible way. Yes. And which they sort of lifted. James Robinson sort of borrowed some elements of that for Earth 2. And so I'm not saying he doesn't have the potential for it, yeah. but Feige has delivered Hollywood blockbusters that, yes. that have been the best, yes, and highest I, grossing and, for the and year. I'll, and I'll certainly eat crow on Thor The Dark World, whereas I felt that the having the viewpoint of Kenneth Branagh made the first one stronger for me. Yeah, Clearly, box office, not that it necessarily means anything, has reflected that people like Thor the Dark World better. And when I ask people, when I talk to people this week, yeah. they like Thor the Dark World better. I think it's just, it's a stronger but, superhero movie. Yeah, but I don't think it has a point of view in the same way. that it, that I understand, I understand. Which is why I think Iron Man 3 worked better. Shane Black's point of view was there. Yeah. And Joss Whedon's point of view is in the Avengers, though not yes. so much other than the wit on S.H.I.E.L.D., though it's getting better. Yeah. So anyway, that's did you have pick up any other movie news this week? 
Nate, because I just really did not. Nathan. I saw, so, oh, where was it? It might have been the last Fat Man on Batman where Kevin Smith talked to Paul Dini. I did listen to that at your recommendation. And he said that Zack Snyder showed him a picture of the Batman suit for no, the movie. No, it's on Hollywood Babylon. Yes, he has seen, he has seen the picture of ben, ben Affleck's armor. Well, I was suit. on the Twitter today. Yeah. And oh, uh, exciting. a shoe guy, uh, one, of my, one of the shoe people I follow, whose name is Nightwing something or other, so I'm assuming he's also a comic fan tweeted out a picture and he's like, I don't know if this is real or Photoshop, but it looked like Ben Affleck. Yes. I mean, all you see is his chin. Okay. Uh, and he's standing in like a, yes. a hallway or a parking lot or something. And he's wearing the, uh, the, uh, what's it called? Dark Knight returns, um, outfit basically. Like all the Kevlar and, no, no, no! From the comics, so it was like the gray with the black bat. That's what oh, Kevin, really? that's what Kevin Smith was implying that there would be like, right. He's, gonna he's like, it's something comic. you've never seen in film before, and it brought a tear to his eye. Excellent. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, Anything I'm that super makes happy Kevin with Smith that. Cry. No, because you know, but I, I, Rick has not listened to Fat Man on Batman. I or, have. Have you? I've even I've listened to all his podcasts, even the ones he, that are ridiculous. <laughs> well, aren't they all really? Um, although there, I have to, some that are more ridiculous. I have to admit, I was listening to his that suggestion of uh, of what was the name of the of Gotham High? No, you know the the oh that TV show. Yeah, did they give a title to that? I don't think they actually. Oh, it was uh, Bloodhaven. Bloodhaven. Was the... Bloodhaven Prep. Wow. Yeah. And uh, or Bloodhaven Academy, and uh, they can't call it that because I still think. No one in their right mind would move to How a city called Bloodhaven. For Bloodhaven. <laughs> have you heard that episode though? No, the, I have not heard he that. He and episode. Paul Dini just they just start spitballing and they actually lay out four seasons. The season, greatest television show four ever. Four seasons worth <laughs> four seasons worth the arcs for four seasons. Of, of a of a young Bruce Wayne in high school at a prep school in which almost everybody is there before they become the Riddler the and the Penguin. Yes. Oh my god. But it actually made sense. Like normally, that kind of concept makes me like go, "That's a total all yeah. of the world thing." This was like, no, that that could, oh, that 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 could work. Well, they did it in the Smallville with Luther, right? Well, but that made sense because Luther had always been. It's his, all in the writing. Friend. It's, it's all depends. it's all in the writing. Yeah. So um, that's. I, I do have one more thing for movies. Okay, what do you have? Did you see the preview from Maleficent? No, I saw a link and then didn't again did not have time to click on it today and then I meant to go back and look and I never and Did you see to... it, Nate? No. Uh it's it's very stylish. It's it it almost looks like a a sister rom- romance between Maleficent and Sleeping Beauty or Yeah, Sleeping Beauty, right? Wait a minute. Um go on. It, because it's there's almost like this seduction scene in the woods where she's saying uh, where beauty is but in I'd the like woods. you to slow down. Calling into the Tell darkness. Tell me this story in low tones. Beauty is in the in the, the woods. Lower. Speaking into the dark. Lower. Trees. Not slower. <laughs> lower. Anyway, so um, she's saying, "Come out of the woods, guy. I, I I'm, I'm not going to scare you. I, 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 I know you've been looking out for me. I know you've been watching me." And then Maleficent, who you only see the shadow, you see her eye and part of his nose, and she goes. I came out of the woods, 
you would be the one to do it, right? And it, it's and then they show they show a bunch of action scenes where the where Melissa is calling up the thorns, mm-hmm. which looked a little over the top. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull back on judgment on that. It it I'm I'm actually more intrigued for this live action Disney recreation of a classic animated tale than almost well, anything else has been done. It will be, because it's got a different viewpoint. It's the different. It's the it's the wicked viewpoint, right? Right. It's the, I, that's about, the thing is you can't show me. This is the, their live action Cinderella to me seems to be still Cinderella. It's not Confessions right. of an Ugly Stepsister. Right. It's not what was the one that um, ever after Drew Barrymore had been in, you know, giving me a new angle. It's just right. retelling this live action. Just like last week we talked about the Jungle Book. And I look it up. I'm sorry. I don't remember now. I thought after, after the podcast that maybe you were right, that maybe Disney had done the live action Jungle Book of the early 90s. That was what I thought. I didn't go back and check. And yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. I, I don't know, but I do know this: that if they did, they don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> I don't remember it being bad, though. I, I I just don't think it was anything. That but they, there's no point when they did a really cool animated film. That's you the know thing. what's funny. I think that Disney likes doesn't like the the live action stuff because it's harder to merchandise. It's easier to do action figures <clears throat> and cartoon characters and books and. Yes. Well, well, this the is... live-action Jungle Book was Disney. Oh, there we go. Thank you, Nate. And directed by Stephen Summers. Ooh, couldn't have been that good then. <laughs> yeah, there's some very vivid memories. No, of but that. but you but you are, are right, uh, Rick. It is it, one of the reasons is uh, like why Enchanted, the Princess Giselle, is not part of the official Disney Princess canon, mm-hmm. is because they have to. Everything had has to be on model to Amy Adams. And also, they'd have to negotiate extra. They don't have to pay Snow White for her image. They'd have to continue paying. Right. So the reason why Indiana Jones in in Disneyland isn't Doesn't Harrison look like Ford. Harrison Ford, right? Although I would hope that he would now. Sure, sounds like him though. Yeah, it does. It does. But I, I would really hope that that once they get him back for Star Wars, that one of the things they do is renegotiate that contract. Well, he wants to. He, you know, as we said, he wants to do another Indiana Jones. So then, what they should throw back is. Sure, but now your face goes on the figure. Yeah, because that's what I want to see. I mean, even though, even though, and you uh, know, frankly, it's not his face anymore. Well, right, but that's that's not going to sit well. Um, John, you know, Johnny Depp's figures look like. No, I meant his face we, doesn't look. Like I know what you meant. I got your joke. I didn't say they own his. Face. I got your okay, joke. Okay, fine. I just it didn't merit a titter. All right, maybe a Twitter. Later. Maybe. Okay. Uh, Johnny Depp's face is on, you know, is fine on on Pirates the figures the there. I don't think the Jeffrey Rush one looks that much like Jeffrey Rush, but they tried at least. It's hard to the beard and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, at this at this age, it's interesting to seek out immortality. Every time I go there and there's a celebrity voice, I think, yeah, I, you know, if I were a celebrity, I'd do this because I'd live on. Yeah, you, you know, realizing California screaming is Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, you know, Potato Head is Don Rickles there. Long after Don Rickles passes, people are going to be getting taunted by Mr. Potato Head yep. at Toy Story Mania. So it, it's it's interesting. And if I may say, in the Treasures of Asgard, you will be hearing Anthony Hopkins long long into, assuming they, they leave it up. So uh, we didn't talk about the comics that we... The only one that I was going to focus on this week was, and not having read it, but it's notable... 
Uh, did you get to the comic shop today, Nate? Negative. Okay. Is Zero Year, last week I pointed out, it, it, it spread over to action, still didn't have a chance to read it. Greg Pack was writing it. But this year, Zero Year applies to Nightwing as well, which tells me, as we know, people had one of the criticisms when they went to the New 52 was how could Batman have basically gone through four or five Robins in five years? How many weekends did this Robin last? So I think then, and if I read this, and I wonder we will add rumor credence to the rumor of putting Nightwing in Superman versus Batman. Who's the character in the background on that cover? There are just two guy, uh, three people in the background, and they look kind of like... Uh, they must Mr. look like they're doing Teenage Ninja Mutant Turtles yeah, with those masks. Yeah, they do. Um, but what I, the point I was going to make was that if they're going to bypass Robin Dick Grayson's Robin years yeah. for the new 52 then you could make you could cast somebody I still don't want to see it in Superman versus Batman but if they if they're going to establish that that maybe there was never a Robin for him pause for a second we lost Nate oh and that was at 40 second 40 minutes in Good plan to text. How's it going? That was good to text me when you uh, when we lost you because we didn't we didn't know that you weren't there. Yeah. Excellent. When did you disappear? Have we started talking about Nightwing? No. Right when you said, uh, "Dang it!" What were we talking about we're after talking the, about the, the after Disney rides? Oh, comics that we picked up. Right. Okay. So it's just you know, uh, the most important thing was the one comic, the one, zero year. Right. And you were going to say what was important right, about zero was, year? That, that it's twelve dollar cover price. No, no, no. It was just it, oh. it no, was no, the no. whole decrease. By the way, no. This this month, uh, Batman was uh, five dollar cover price down from the seven dollar previous one. Oh, I didn't even notice. Um, I, I, yeah, but you know that's what? That all black, black on black. Yes, yeah, cover. It was, I it was the spinal tap cover. Yeah. And I did read the $7 one, and I thought it was worth $7, so I was angry about that, but it was, it was worth it. I enjoyed the book. No, what I was saying, Nate, was that by extending Zero Year to Nightwing and clearly putting a character that looks like Dick Grayson, putting a red mask on over with a shirt that looks like the Nightwing symbol tells me that maybe in the New 52... He just started and, off as Nightwing. And I haven't read this yet, so I, I don't know if I'm right. They are saying that Dick Grayson started as Nightwing. Yeah, and they did ever not alluded have a, to him having been Robin? I don't buy the book, and not after the first. No, first and it's issue. very. I, I mean, I don't know because it's very confusing how you have Tim Drake is Red Robin. Right. He's never been the regular Robin. And and you, but when you had Death in the Family, how did Death of a Family? Death of yeah. the Family. How did they all become family if they weren't Robins? Well, Batgirl was never Robin. That's and, true. And and I don't know because you. Because I know in Batman Incorporated, I think Grant Morrison was still treating the Damian Dick Grayson relationship as the former Robin with the current Robin. But apparently, but we also know that that Grant Morrison was ignoring everything anybody else wanted to say. And apparently, in the two weeks before the Joker shot her and paralyzed her, that she was Batgirl. Um, Only two weeks? It must be. I mean, given the time frame of all this, when yes. she was Barbara and not yes. not Batgirl, which they've had in zero year, right? She's she's I shown so. up. 
she's shown up as not Batgirl, as as uh, just uh, Barbara Gordon. Barbara Gordon. So well, must because, have been a good a good weekend or two before the Joker took her out. Okay, a wild weekend in Washington, yeah. in fact, as alluding to a Batman, uh, to a Superman Batgirl crossover from the seventies. Uh, <laughs> um, and the Zorlak is back, baby. There you go. Uh, so that was my only comic. Did you have anything? I had done? two, actually. Uh, I was it was kind of a slow for it for is notable a slow comic. Week. I mean, not that there weren't good books. By the way, I still week. spent uh, too much money. But no, yes. I mean there was a new uh, there was a new. Um, uh, Manhattan Project and a uh, bunch of other stuff, but I there was an X Men Gold issue one, which is although it's an issue one, I think it is a one shot. It's a oversized book at five ninety nine, um, and it looks like it should be a reprint book, but it's not. It's a bunch of new stuff commemorating the fifty years of X Men. Oh, okay. So that's apparently something that's going on right now. And the other book that that I think that people are going to skip over and not realize what it is is that IDW has the rate uh, has Wraith there and at the top it just says from the writer creator of Lock and Key which of course is Joe Hill Joe Hill yes Stephen King's son who who's a writer now this because uh, I looked at it I said Wraith that's not and then I looked down at there's a a guy leaning on an old time car he looks like a chauffeur offering to let you in and he's he is kind of whitish uh, vampirish looking but on the back is the license plate NOS4A2, Nosferatu, which is, which is his new novel. So this is a tie-in to Joey Hill's new book. And I think a lot of people are going to miss that. I think this has been oh, totally mismarketed. Oh, yeah. So, um, I mean, I talked to Neil at Hijinks today, and he didn't know it. And he had only ordered a couple of copies. Okay, so. well, read that. Yeah, I And will. then get back to me. Yeah. So it's, uh, I, didn't, you, I didn't pick that up, but I, I'm way behind. Like, but I, that has all the earmarks of it being a collector's item because yes. because it's been mismarketed and people aren't going to realize the tie-in to what uh, I've I've seen so much in the book lists and stuff that I subscribe to with like Cemetery Press and these small press things. Uh, there's big hopes for this Nosferatu, Nosferatu book. Well, then because Joe Hill's a good writer, and, and I have a stack of Joe Hill books right. and a stack of Stephen King books yes. that I need to read. Yes. Do you read how many of the books that you have right now do in you my have library? Do you have unread? I have a great story about that. No, no, no. You're not answering. The, no, there's, there's this. Uh, <laughs> will the senator answer the question, please? There is this, this, this. No. I think it's the last defender of Camelot. There was a TV version of it, and Danny Kaye, I think, was the last defender who's going to hand off his. No, the his, pal- Paladin of the Lost Hour. Paladin of the Last. Uh, is it Paladin of the Lost? Hour? Yes, Paladin of the Lost Hour okay. by Harlan Ellison versus the Last Defender of Camelot by Roger Lasney. Lasney. Okay. Anyway, there's a line in that. Zorlak lives. It doesn't matter where it came from. You know what the line is? No. The the new uh, person who's the candidate to take take it over. Wa- they're wandering through his mansion where he lives, and yes. they wander the library. And the the boy says, "These are a lot of books. Have you read them all?" And he looks at him. He says, "Now seriously, what good is a library full of books you've already read?" No, that's the last defender of Camelot. That's, okay, that's, that's not pound in the last hour. Okay. That I was right. Danny Kay was in the Twilight Zone episode adaptation of Paladin in the Lost Hour. Okay, but he's not. He he. I've is, tried to find. He's this a one. homeless man. I've looked. I've looked for this one before. Yeah, he's a homeless man. Was it on story. Amazing Adventures? You know what? It might have been Amazing Adventures. I think that's where it was. I can't remember which one. It was. I've got to find it because I, I use that line all the time. I want to. I want to say probably, that. I want to say it's the Twilight Zone remake they did with with uh, Jerry Garcia doing the, th- the theme song. To answer your question, I, I've calculated out to be about forty percent of the books that I own that I've read. 
Okay, so more unread. More unread. Yes, yeah. but the binding is spectacular. They are lovely books. <laughs> and that's not to remember, I'm one of three people in the family. See, Debbie's read a lot of them, too. And she reads other books. You are, you are <laughs> sidestepping the actual question. I don't... And please no, don't, question, ta- and please don't be, take offense to this, Debbie, should, when you have to hear this out loud like five times. I don't care how many <laughs> Debbie's read. I didn't ask how many Debbie's read. The, 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 real, the real question is, Rick, do you enjoy having all those books in your house? That's not the question. You're at... You are... <laughs> If you had a soul, that would be the question. You are filibustering. <laughs> Can you tell me what you mean four? What does four mean? <laughs> it depends on your definition of is. is. <laughs> How many of those books have you had sex with? <laughs> yeah, 40%? That's a pretty good... Oh, my God. I'm going to have to recalculate. I, I don't know if that's going to make it to the final cut. You have the power, damn it. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, I'm just thinking about like our book recommendations for Christmas, and I'm like, I... I've told you about my new blog, haven't I? Yes. Judging just books by their cover. Book judgment. I don't know why... Reviews of book covers. I don't know why Lon Lopez didn't start that. Um, And we're going to talk about that, bringing up Lon Lopez, because he texted me and pointed out tonight, um, last week, of course, last Thursday, was when Marvel and Netflix jointly announced that uh, they were going to do four. We knew they were gonna, there was, had been this rumor they were going to do four TV series. Yes. And that they were going to then have a miniseries, and that it was likely to go to Netflix. Likely. Well, they announced that it was actually true, what the series are, what the miniseries is. Now, did they say and series, two creators. or did they say they're going to do four, four stories? Or? No, they said four. They described it four as four series. series, each of at least 13 episodes. Okay. All right. Okay, that was the phrasing. It was vague. You are correct there. That it was, I could easily see them doing one book, one mini book. Well, movie. see, yeah, because here's the thing: when mini when movie. we say what it is, for those who haven't read the articles or seen anything, is that we start with Daredevil, street level. You know, going back there, you go to Jessica Jones, which had been in development separately at Fox for a while. Um, it was known as AKA Jessica J- Jones, and that was being developed by. Which is one of the more confusing uh, comic book titles because her book was called Alias. But you couldn't call it Alias because and of Alias the J.J. Abrams. Close to the same series. time was the J.J. Abrams, sir. Yeah. So what we do know is that Melissa Rosenberg, who had been the screenwriter of Twilight, who made it somewhat watchable, uh, had been working on. And she worked on Dexter, too. So before people go, Twilight. She did work on Dexter, so she's got some credit, and, and allegedly the good seasons of Dexter. Yeah. And so she was developing it for Fox, and then that went away. And then Marvel confirmed this week, actually I think today, that she is back on and she is going to be guiding the Jessica Jones series. Uh, Joss Whedon's friend Drew Goddard will be guiding Daredevil. That's good news. Okay, so but we don't know who will be guiding the next two series, which is Iron Fist and Luke Cage. That would be great. Now, I can... I can totally see Daredevil done ensemble. Now, all four of those, all four of those characters make perfect sense to me on the same level. Yeah, but it, just within the Daredevil, you got Daredevil, you got Foggy Nelson. And yeah, you got, uh, maybe you do Karen Page, maybe you don't. Um, depends on how far back you want to go. How, right, how, right, how, right, right. And so, as Lon pointed out, Lon does have two of those four characters tattooed true. on his body. And he wanted to come in and comment tonight, but and he a particularly was, rude Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I I'm not supposed to know that. I, I haven't seen that, and no, it saddens. It saddens me that you to. have. When he starts running, you no, just, you I just don't want to. I don't want to see it. No, 
and uh, then the four of them will co- will combine to form the defenders. I Which, thought you were going to say that's great. Voltron. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> defender of the universe. Uh, uh, so I, I think that's a great strategy. I think that's that's really and I think the defenders and might, as well, not, might as well call them the defenders because you've already used Hulk, as I, I pointed out in the article I wrote yeah. last week. You've already used Hulk for Avengers. Nobody want no fan, no movie watcher wants the Hulk to go anywhere else. No, you can't use the Silver Surfer because no. he's with the he's with Fox with the Fantastic Four deal. He's indentured as a slave to Fox. Who knows what's going on with Submariner? But I still think. I, it's a great thing that uh, thing that maybe uh, the rising tide is an Atlantean group, and so he may show up. And the, they've got other plans for him in the universe. Interesting. And we know Doctor Strange awesome. is supposed to be Phase Three, so you know they've got big screen plans for those guys. But you can't have the Avengers and the Defenders, especially considering that probably calling the Defenders is another one of those. You know, in England would be a confusion with a bad. TV series starring Tony Curtis. Can we jump in here with uh, Shield? You may, Nate but I, I do. I We're not do gonna spoil ask, it. Uh, you say that, but We're not gonna spoil but it. I'm I don't tell you don't one thing about you. it that isn't really. A, I don't trust you. It's not. It's not essential to the plot. Nate, that Coulson is an LMD. No, that not, not that's that. not true. Oh. That's not true. But of course, we saw Jasper Sitwell, right, Nate? That's correct. Did you recognize the other character? Which one, Victoria Hand? Yes. Oh, I saw that she was cast. Victoria Hand, complete with red stripes in her hair, and they got the actress. She they got looks like her in the comics, I'm right so, down to the. I right am so so pleased at that white shirt. She's a little business. she's a little older than maybe a little bit. But, the comic book though, because but, in the comic they make her out like she's early twenties. Well, she starts off as a clerk, but she's. I was reading the Wikipedia entry on her. She's been all over the Marvel universe. Her her entry is quite large. Um, explaining where she's been and the fact that she was uh, she was part of Hammer, and then she then Captain America brought her in to uh, to yes. handle the Avengers group, the Mighty Avengers, didn't they? I forgot which one. About Hammer, Sword, and Shield. The Dark Avengers. Dark. Oh no, yeah. no. Well, the Dark Avengers, but Cap. When oh, he came when back, Captain America brought her, Captain it was, America uh, was New was Avengers. The super, it was the Super uh, Soldier. Super Soldier, or. Which she you was in charge it, of the new Avengers. In right. Winter Soldier, he's wearing the Super Soldier outfit yeah. quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. So. Yes. So I was real. I was really excited about that, and I think last night was the first like real Shield, Shieldish espionage episode. So naturally, it's one I haven't seen yet. That that is exactly what I wanted from <laughs> Agents of Shield. But it looks like <laughs> next week, next week we're right back. Next week is the tie-in to, Dor- to Thor: The Dark World. And I'm afraid I'm not going to be as happy about that as I should be. Okay. I'm not going to. I'm not going to spoil. You can. You can go online and watch the preview for that. But okay. No, uh, I. I think I have it recorded. Or you can watch it on your DVR after yeah, yeah. the show. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think I can do tonight. <laughs> so we'll see. I did want to point out the other television news that I think will excite Nate is Robert Kirkman sold an original pilot to cinema. That's right. It's called Outcast. I saw that. About a guy who grows up having dealing with possession, being possessed, and he's going to explore the solution to his problem, which may mean the end of humanity. Hmm. So a little extreme, but well, well, that was also that was just announced as a comic like a month ago. Oh, really? Okay. With uh, For who? Paul 
as a Sita as on art for image or for somebody? for image, yeah. Uh huh. Okay, interesting. So uh, that I missed that, but I but this caught my eye that he you know that he wrote the pilot. I guess wrote the pilot first, and then adapted it as a comic. Then so you know, good for him. Um, so we'll long see as that. he owns the IP. That's right. He knows. Please, he's making bank on Walking Dead. Oh yeah, bank. And he's, uh, he's going to make bank on Thief of Thieves. That one's going to have much broader appeal, I think. Could be. Could be. Um, we do know, by the way, we'll turn to stage, that the, the thing that got uh, made Rick's heart all a flutter on Facebook this week, <laughs> the Disney theatrical announced that they're going to adapt The Princess Bride to stage. The interesting thing is they're not... One uh, of my favorite films. I can play Andre the Giant. They're not automatically saying musical. that it's a musical, which I think is a mistake. I think it would be a great musical. And and on Broadway, musicals are the ones that have the staying power, right? Because I could, I mean, you can totally hear like some fantastic love ballad oh, yeah. called "As You Wish." I'd want I want parts of that to sound like uh, Gilbert and Sullivan, you know. I, I, I okay, you lost me, but still okay. Oh, I, I you know, okay. I want the I'm guy. I no, I I would say get Menken. Just get Menken to do something. Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz combined or something. Yeah. Uh, do a sweeping score. Like I said, you hear you have a ballad called "As You Wish" that Wes sings, and then the grandfather reprises it at the end, and we all sob as we stand. And I want I'm more I'm more into it like for stories like for songs like "Storm in the Castle," "Storm in the Castle," and which vial uh, which vial do dead. I drink? Mostly dead, mostly dead. <laughs> Could be a good showstopper yeah. there. Uh, and then, as you wish, yeah, as you wish, and, yeah. and then physics Fez, uh, unintelligible song. <laughs> Just, I'm the dread pirate. Robert, I can't feel my legs. Oh gosh, I gotta go get that again. Um, so uh, looking. For Forward to that. Would love to see that as a stage thing. No word on when that'll be, what's going on. But Oh, if they're just talking about it now. We're not talking about it until like 2018. I know, I know. We've got so many other things to worry about before then. Yeah, it's fine. Thank you. And so now's the moment that everybody's been waiting for. Mauve Wednesday. Oh, and the sound of moving the still sound like a drum roll. <laughs> drum roll, please. How <laughs> we know. It's Mauve Wednesday, 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 in which we recommend things for Christmas, for what, the holiday. What to get the fanboy who has everything. What do you get the fanboy who has everything? So let's start with some books. You want to throw some things out there? Uh, I cheated a little bit because we had three in each category. He always does. And I found so many more books than anything else. And so he won't I read. So I limited. I limited. I think I've read every one of these, though. Or, or I'm in. I've either read it or I'm in the process you of reading lie. it. Lie. Okay. I'll start with the one. Uh, my the top most uh, accessible and not expensive book. If you've been wanting to get into Doc Savage, if you've been hearing us talk about Doc Savage, and you want and you like comics and you want to try it, the showcase collection of Doc Savage black and white books, because it's a showcase book. Did we not recommend that last year? I don't think so. I'll have to look back on. It's, That's a, I mean, it's a great recommendation because it was. It's as it was originally produced. You're not losing any color. Everything was screened it that was way. Originally meant to be black and they and white, are yeah. good stories. Or eight stories, 450 pages because they were for like 20 bucks. They were originally Marvel magazines, right? And oddly enough, uh, it's 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 published by DC because when when they published this, they had the rights to Doc Savage, even though all the stuff was originally done. So by I Marvel. think you can find the 
even though they don't have Doc Savage anymore. Right. Because Dynamite's going to pick that It's still available through Showcase. It's still available through the and Showcase. And it's still line. available on Amazon. I checked this afternoon. Great. So that's a wonderful recommendation. I'm with you because those are eight very, very solid, self-contained stories with kind of a – there was a vague continuity, but really yeah. only vague. It was more like – just like the original Pulps. Great art. I think Dezunga. Tony Dezuniga. Dezuniga. He did it, yeah. yeah. Um, and they would make a vague reference to some adventure that had happened before. Yeah, but I think there's a reference to John Sunlight in one of the stories, too. or I can't remember. I, uh, or maybe it's the Death. Winslow Trip was the guy I remember that they talked about him in a couple of... He was, the, he was in the second issue, and then they talked about him a couple times later. Yeah. Um, I've got five, so why don't I do my next one? Then okay, you do, do your next one. And Nate, do you have any books? I do. Okay, why don't you go next then? Okay, book numbers one and two are The Walking Dead, Fall of the Governor, parts one and two. Oh, this is the prose books. The prose books, yeah. Right. Okay. And you've read them? You can recommend them? Uh, I read the first two in the four-part whole series. So these are the last. Fall of the Governor is the last part of okay, this of the Quint- prose of the series. Quartet. Tetralogy. You've read the first half, and you recommend them on the basis of that. Yes. Sounds good. Okay, we'll put that link together. I, too, would give a tetralogy. That's why I said uh, that it was a good series. Because having reread, and I'm about to jump into the fourth, fourth book that's brand new, the Anno Dracula series. I had that on my list, and I, but I thought Derek's going to do this one. Yes, because Kim, Kim Newman's. Kim Newman's little adventure in Wold Newtonism. And here's what's really interesting, because I... Well, maybe only interesting to me is that I read each of the three volumes that had been available before when they first came out. Right. And now Titan Books has reprinted them with new material in there. Titan is just doing a great job. Yeah, they came out of nowhere. They're doing all the farmer stuff again. He's re-edited. Uh, no, they didn't come out of nowhere. They were fan magazines in England. Well, they come out of nowhere in the U.S. and just been they've they've really been doing a lot of good books. They've started as a prose, but I'm saying. The fan magazine has been available in the U.S. for for well over a decade. Okay, so as a it's a it's a new line for them, and they're doing they're serving fandom well. The books they've done have been well produced with great. Remember, I'm doing the uh, book judgment website, and so uh, the uh, blog. So there will be commentary on the right. The deep red of the cover has certainly aesthetically pleasing exactly. to Rick Red Schneider. It reminds him of the wine he's been about an hour without. Uh, yes. So uh, anyway. Anno Dracula is this series that begins with the concept of that uh, actually the, the events of the novel Dracula. Dracula the novel doesn't get written until the early 1900s by Bram Stoker, uh, in which he posits a world in which the humans won. But in Anno Dracula, in reality. Dracula in their reality, Dracula won, and everybody and many of the upper cl- class. Uh, are becoming turning vampires because it's the trendy thing to do, and it's this. And he created Kim Newman, which is an interesting statement on the aristocracy of the time too. Given. But there are other, you know, and Vertigo has picked up that book with the you know the new Dead Wardians. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and so I mean, there people have played with it since. But I, I think Kim Newman was the first to really make that idea. And uh, so the first book, Anna Dracula, is in Victorian times, and he uses a character that he had used in. Um, it's the game playing uh, that uh, I know that Justin played. Um, 
The one with the Space Marines. Uh, oh, uh, Warhammer 40K. Warhammer. So the fa- the fantasy one that that company had. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, uh, it's Warhammer. Okay, it's Warhammer. <laughs> they had a series of novels that Kim Newman actually had ghostwritten oh, yeah, under, yeah. The ty- under the name Jack Yeovril. Uh-huh. And he had created the character of Genevieve for that. Uh, yeah, I think I heard about this. And, and so I, I had a friend who had a couple of those, and he loaned me the Genevieve novels. Yeah. Very different, and he says it's a different Genevieve, and this just kind of uses the same character types. But the Genevieve that's in Anno Dracula is just a brilliant creation, a wonderful creation. Um, so you have Anno Dracula, the first one, then there's the Bloody Red Baron. Right. And then I just finished rereading Dracula Cha Cha Cha. And the interesting thing for me is having. The Johnny Aculard is the one Johnny Aculard is the, is the fourth one, the new one that's brand, is brand new, because these were. The other three were written like. A decade and a half ago, at least 15 years ago. Right. And so it's been a while since this. And so I haven't read Johnny Alucard yet, and I still have to work through. There's a new novella at the end of Dracula. Did I tell you I wrote to him and he responded? Yes. Um, But let me complete a thought. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. And that that at the end of Dracula Cha-Cha-Cha, he's added a new novella set in the 60s because Dracula Cha-Cha-Cha is in the 50s. Right. And... That used to be my least favorite of the novels. Like I didn't want a fourth one because it was like I thought Dracula Cha 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 wasn't that good. It was too it was too self referential. It was too too cute. But as often happens when you revisit something a decade or so later, life has moved on. Some things have changed in the way you view things. I find it a, a, a much deeper novel the second time around, and even though it is still full of references, that is like yeah, that's clever. Ha ha ha. But getting what it's about is interesting. So I'm really looking forward to Johnny Alucard because of it being about the, of the influence of Dracula as a character, as a, as a force. And uh, he's just a great, great writer, and they're, and they're just fun, fun books that I still don't know why. Because I thought that way back when, when I read Anne Dracula the first time around, it was an obvious movie. Now, even more so, I say, it's an obvious HBO series. But then yeah. I felt the same thing about World War Z. You know, it was an obvious world, uh, you know, HBO series, and instead has become a not so obvious film it would franchise. Have been better, it would be better as an obvious mini series with the individual mm-hmm. stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brand so, Brothers. So, uh, yeah, I mean, still, yeah. we can we we can live in an alternate. We should universe run Hollywood. Where no, I hate saying that because it's, no matter what you do, we're not going to. So I'm not going to play that game. But it's still what I wish would have happened. But it's not going to happen. So no, it's silly to wish. I was planning on next year. I was, I, was sneezing, I, I was sneezing out the phrase, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> and, it, and it got ahead of me. Damn it, I'm sorry. I think you just named the podcast. <laughs> I was sneezing out the phrase. There you go. Uh, no, I think the podcast should be called Mauve Wednesday. But I, I'm going to make it a thing. We're going to make it a thing. Are we? <laughs> Mauve Wednesday. Every year people look forward to our recommendations. Next on your list. Okay, the next on my list is uh, William Shakespeare's Star Wars. Which is a, is a remarkably uh, inexpensive hardback uh, that has the Star Wars script as written by William Shakespeare. And I, the reason why I've seen so many people, I've seen teenage girls t- telling their friends in Starbucks, Starbucks what a great book it is. And I have not picked it up, and so many people, I, I just like you, yeah. so many people I know, it's died down, but about I, a month ago when it first... I can't the, wait. I can't wait till somebody actually sets up a license so that people can produce this for the stage. 
I think it would be marvelous. I might be wrong, but I think it, I think it is. I think it is happening. I yeah. think it would be wonderful, and, and and so that's that's and it's illustrated. It's a slender volume, um, and in the 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 pentameter, the the phrasing is all perfectly uh, Shakespearean. Um, just a wonder. You can pick it up and get a quote out of almost any page. Great. So, Nate. Next on my list, are we still doing books? Yes. Sure. I said Indestructible Hulk Volumes 1 and 2, the trade paperbacks. If you're not reading Indestructible Hulk, yeah, I can, I can you get should be. That. I can get behind that choice. Yeah, it's good. Volume 1 is obviously the introduction of him being an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Volume 2 is the crossover, well, not crossover, the one where he uh, has to go through time and meets up with Thor, yeah, with uh, Walt Simonson on art. I think there was a lot of criticism of of the book, maybe even on this podcast when it first came out, saying that you know Banner has never been. He was like a a, a nuclear engineer, doing a, making a gamma bomb, and he wasn't hadn't previously been thought of as being that smart, that, that clever. That was indeed my criticism, that in, the, that in the Marvel Universe, if you are smart at one thing, you are smart at everything, which yeah. is just not true in the real world. But I think what Banner has proven is that he's not, he is smart, but he's also clever. And he knows how, he is manipulative of people. And that makes up for him not being like the seventh smartest man in the world, that he can still work for S.H.I.E.L.D. and still do a lot of good stuff. But what, what is good about his new role is he gets his way because he knows how to manipulate the uh, the shield organization. So, do we still have Nate here? Yes, I'm still here. Okay, good. So I, I I'll go behind that um, because I th- uh, if you don't n- name name one, I'm going to. But I'll save off my first my first of the Grant Morrison things. I would like to recommend. It actually came out over the summer, but it's still, uh, I noticed it, uh, that Amazon is pushing it. And really just a wonderful book is I recommend The Animal Man Omnibus. Uh, it has yeah. the complete Grant Morrison run of Animal Man, which is an early exploration in mainstream comics of the metafictional concepts uh, of understand, characters understanding that they have a place in storytelling. And it's an idea that, that Morrison has certainly revisited and expanded and made bigger and bigger every time he does it because definitely uh, the uh, crisis. What, what was that last crisis that he did? A final crisis. Final crisis. Yeah. Uh, what was that last? What was that final crisis <laughs> last, he did? Last crisis. <laughs> it's gonna yes. be next final crisis. Next, after this. Uh, the penultimate final crisis. Um, but uh, Animal Man was the first. It's like a dry run for a lot of those concepts, and I think is the best way he did it. It's the most accessible way. And so, with Brian Bolin covers, Chaz Truog, an artist who is kind of simplistic, and sorry that he's kind of faded. He kind of faded from the mainstream. I met him, I think, the second or third Comic Con I went to, uh, because he he really hadn't drawn any mainstream stuff. He was trying to do his, like like kid stuff, toy designs and things. Interesting artist, interesting man, and it still stands as he drew one of the simply best-written comics I, I will ever read, which is that, that run on Animal Man. So I recommend the Animal Man omnibus. I had two omnibuses that were potential. And one, this is what I was suspecting. And so. the one that I chose was the Sandman omnibus because I this week got volume two in the mail. Okay. And as you know, as I, I said, I love the way some books just look on the shelf. 
the leatherette binding, the ridges on the spine. I can't argue it's that It's just one. such a beautiful book, and if you don't already have a collection, and even if you do, and you, is the you, take that, you take that collection that you have right now and you loan that out to friends to infect their brains with this, this goodness of Neil Gaiman's brain. And is the omnibus, it is in color. It's the annotated it one. Is it's the annotated one that's the black and white. The annotated one's right? the black and white. That was the one that was the real disappointment. This is, um, if, if anything, it might be just a little bit larger than the regular pages, but I'm not going to put any money down on that. But it is, a, it is just a... To have them both in two volumes, sitting on the shelves, grab them, sit the sit down in your big comfy chair with a candle to read by and a, and a raven on the back of your chair and just, just pile through some of the best comics in the last 50 by years. By the way, I'm starting a Kickstarter campaign to uh, buy Rick a cask of Amontillado. I need a raven, though. And we're going to wall him in. <laughs> uh, just as long as I have my books. And by raven, we don't mean an otherworldly teenager. Oh, and damn. I know, sorry. So should I go again? Because I've got two more on my list. And this this means that the rest of my stuff's pretty sparse. Well, I want to go back. Well, let's go to Nate. We'll see. We'll okay. see. Okay. Because I'll I'll pull things out of my hat oh, know, okay. as we go okay. here. Yeah, Nate. Nate. Uh, I have the Wolf, Walking Dead Volume Nineteen. Do you read which anything? Is the le- but- <laughs> okay. Volume Nineteen. Volume Nineteen. Assuming that they That's got the- eight, one through eighteen. Yeah, well, this is also a good jumping on. It point. is a good jumping on. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, uh, this that's... is the lead up to the big war that's so. Uh, started I, I think now. that's an interesting point of view because, given so many of the fans are coming off the TV show and may not want to watch, may not want to wade through all the early issues, even though they're great, they may want to get into something where Rick's really swimming, all right. So there we go, back. volume nineteen. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, then I was going to put the other omnibus down. That you threatened that you were getting, and I would agree it's a very mind blowing, different Grant Morrison concept, yeah. which is DC One Million. Still in the shrink wrap on my desk at home. Okay, I'm going to do a review. How of that heavy one is it? I hope so. Because it is. It is because the, I loved that series. It and, is comparable and, to the the uh, the Sandman volumes. They're and here we're going maybe a little bit. Thicker. And here we're going for, forward five years. Five years later, Dan DiDio. Sorry, that is not as ballsy. As 753 centuries in the future. Exactly. <laughs> That's guts. Yeah. Uh, One million <laughs> issues later. <laughs> Which then, you know, really, it is, a, it is an unofficial uh, prequel to All-Star Superman. Because what happens in All-Star Superman is what is predicted. Isn't it a sequel to All-Star No, Superman? it happened first. It came, came first. So oh, a it, prequel. It, so, it, so I'm so, saying unofficially... He set out what happens in DC 1 million and then years later writes All-Star Superman. And what happens in All-Star Superman is what he'd actually said happened to Superman in right. the 753rd century. Okay, so, I, so All-Star Superman still comes first and then DC 1 million, right? Right. Which is the whole sort thing of, about him having been in the forth. sun. Yes. All his, yes. his, his Fortress of Solitude right, right, right. is in the sun. And, yeah. Right. So, no, I, I've, I've skimmed a couple of the stories, so I'm, I'm really looking forward. Yeah, it's actually, it must be out of the shrink wrap now. And, fun, and fun rethinking, which you know, DC is revisiting the concept by creating a Justice League uh, 3000. Yeah. And, and so it's like everybody wants to see what's the future version, and I just think that, uh, that Grant Morrison created the best you know, future vision. It's you really a good collection. They have all the covers there in place before each of the issues that, that comes through in the chronology that you're supposed to then read. Then I'm, I'm excited for yeah. that. I'm ex- very excited for that. So, 
Go ahead, Rick. So the next one I have, we talked about it on the show. I'll go over really brief. The Doctor Who, The Vault, the 50 years of Doctor I, in Who. In fact, I already put that link up. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm creating the page right. In a, big, and, beautiful blue book. Uh, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you need this book. Which I, I'm, I'm going to have to echo, if I may, that because, of course, whenever you got it, you taunted me on the podcast. I let I, you hold it. You did, and I went home, and I ordered it. Yeah. And so I have it. And it's I beautiful. just love pouring through what it reminded me of, because I'm, I, as an adult, I haven't been a big coffee table book person, but that's what it felt like is when I was a little kid, yeah. our next door neighbor had this coffee table book about monster movies, and that's most of my knowledge of, of like 30s and 40s monsters is because I would go over there and I would just look at the same pages over and over yep. every week. And I feel that same kind of giddiness. Sorry, I just put Nick to sleep. Uh, Nate to sleep. Uh, that same kind of giddiness of like I want to look at these pages of these silly little things like toy ads, what the Doctor Who toys were in 1964, and it it just it's just a pleasure to look to leaf if I may use that phrase for it to leaf through this book. Yes, it's fun. It's it's incredibly well produced book. Great paper, great binding, great cover, and very inexpensive for what it is. So yeah, highly recommend. It is reasonably priced for what it is. It's a, it's pretty even without the, the Amazon discount. Yeah, you know it's not it's that forty five dollars. Yeah, that's pretty reasonable. That's the that's the suggested retail. Yeah. I looked okay. at it. I looked at it and go, this is ninety bucks. I'm sure it's three ninety bucks. Do you have any other books, Nate? No more books on my list. Okay, so I'm going to let Rick finish that. I have one last book, and this is the lead into this is kind of weird because we just had in Germany this year, in, in Essen, Germany, at the Essen Spiel, uh, where the new games for the year are, yeah. came out, come out. Like 80% of the new games of the year are, are, are previewed in Europe, and a lot of them don't make it over to the U.S. until like a year later. Some will, come be, some will be out here in six months. Mm-hmm. Some are, a lot of U.S. stuff goes over there to be previewed for the rest of the world right, because right. it's brick. You know, it's everything, everybody else counts too. So I got an opportunity to play one of, the, one of the books that is one of the games that is based on a 1967 series. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you clues. You tell me if you can tell. Uh, 1967, an Italian writer... An Italian um, writer-artist, I think, is correct. Um, Graphic novel, then? Published in France. I think it was done as strips, or may have been done as individual stories. Um, The art style is very much like... um, Oh, God. Who's the guy who did Click and... uh, Monara? Mila Monara? Monara. So you're going to go with Barbarella? No, no, no. This is it's it's a style. Hugo Pratt is the uh, author and the, is the creator. Right. Uh, Corto Martis. Oh, Corto Martis, which has been renamed as the horrible island in the DC universe. Oh yes, yes it or, is. Where Bane is from, Corto Pinadura on the Isle of, That's of true. Corto Maltese. So um, this is a, a it's an adventure story. It's guy's kind of an antihero, and it's. It's a, it's got an amazing publishing history because it was published in France. It was written in Italian, and it's only been it's been out of print for like thirty years. But it's back in print. The first one is back in print. Came out in two thousand twelve, and I just started reading it. It's really really good. Okay, I'm enjoying Corto the Maltese. Okay, great. And it's a paperback for like twenty bucks. 
So if really? you're looking for something new, and it's definitely got a European style, the main character, Antihero, he plays against a guy named Rasputin. He's a boat pilot? He's, he's a sailor, adventurer, kind of... Uh, Almost shiftless. Uh, I remember seeing the albums uh, back Adventure in the 80s. with a heart of gold kind uh, of thing. Yeah, I remember seeing the albums back in the 80s. And it's kind of like you wanted. You I want, was provincial. It would be like Indiana Jones if he had more Han Solo in him. You know, more scoundrel. Go on. No, yeah. don't go on. We'll move on to something else. Yep. Uh, let's uh, move DVDs. on. DVDs. DVDs. You got some DVD things, Nate? We'll, uh, we'll start it up with you. I do. Number one. Yes. Is the Enter the Dragon 40th Anniversary Edition Blu-ray? What is there new stuff on it? It came out over the summer, I believe. Okay. I was actually tempted to pick that up. I think there's actually there's a Bruce Lee set now, like a gift set for Christmas. I'll look that up and we'll put it both ways on the Amazon. But there's a gift I, set that I think includes the 40th anniversary. Enter the Dragon, and then some of the crap. Have you watched it yet? No, I uh, have never been able to find it. Because I, I remember I've saw, I saw that in the theater, and even then it was kind of like the Chinese films were kind of grainy to begin with. And I'm, I'm, I'll be curious to see how the, how well they're rest- restored for Blu-ray, or if Blu-ray is one of those things that just shows you all the the flaws in the uh, in the film. I, I love that film. I love Enter the Dragon. That was just such a that was just such a turning point in my fandom, um, in my high school years that uh, we went on saw. All, I uh, all I, I only saw it for the first time a couple a couple of years ago. Really? And I was really glad to finally get a couple of the jokes in uh, yeah. the Kentucky Fried movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was like, oh, now I know. Wait, what was that? This is yes. not a shawade. This is not a shawade. <laughs> like, oh, I get that now. Mr. Hanman. <laughs> Dr. Klon. Um So mine would be, of, of course, just because it, as I just vividly remember this guy saying this about like record sets back in the 80s when I worked at a record store. A tasty treat for a Doctor Who fan um, would be that the BBC is releasing the... One seasons one through seven. That's Eccleston, Tennant, and Smith. Complete. I, or I guess it doesn't include Day of the Doctor, but up till up till Day of the Doctor, complete remastered in Blu-ray, and only the last, only the Matt Smith years have, and the specials were in Blu-ray before. So they remastered the whole thing in a box set that includes, uh, you know, the limited edition, whatever de- variation do of the Sonic Screwdriver. So it's about two hundred and fifty bucks on Amazon right now. It's a big thing. It's like this year's James Bond collection. Yeah, yeah. Last year's you know, fifty year. I, I myself, I already have, uh, like every other season. So I'm gonna go. Okay, I might make a pass on this, but, uh, but I, I, I think, man, if I didn't have any of those, I would. Yeah. That would be the thing I want most under the tree. So yeah, for five five seasons, four or five seasons. Seven seasons. Seven, seven seasons seven for two hundred dollars. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. So uh, that's it. And I'm going to give it to Nate for Christmas and make him watch it. <laughs> you can give him all your uh, all your old ones. Yeah, ooh, there we go. There all right. Go. So uh, what would you have there? So last year I, I had two candidates for animated film, uh, and last year I, I recommended the uh, the um, Venture Brothers. So I'm not going to do that again this year. Instead, but I, I absolutely recommend them, this so. year. It's all Archer. All right. The uh, the Archer season one, two, and three. This stuff is just you can you can just like let this stuff run in the background. I need one and two. I have three on Blu-ray. Yeah, I'm not sure where I put it, but I need it. This great stuff. Are are you know some of the better uh, voice acting, uh, real real keep uh, 
Parnell and uh, Taylor. Parnell and, is so good on that show. Uh, just, just such a great, and the the dialogue is so clever in its sloppiness. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a wonderful guilty pleasure. Totally agree with you there, uh, Nate. What what's next on yours? Shockingly enough, the Walking Dead season three <laughs> limited edition Blu-ray, where the, is uh, the packaging. The packaging is the zombie head uh, with a screwdriver through it. No, no, that's last year. That oh, was that season was two. I'm sorry, I've confused my special edition packaging. Go ahead. This year, it's uh, the governor's zombie head uh, fish tank. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, disgusting. Okay. Is good. it fluid inside? Do they bobble around? Oh, disgusting. Yeah. So what you do is <laughs> you get a bubbler. <laughs> you get it empty, and. You fill it with water and then seal the things, and then the heads you bought the heads bob around. You can. Uh, There's a merchandising idea, you know. Not a lot of a lot of people are doing fish tank or, or, or ornaments anymore. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but on a related appropriately note, lit on a related note, uh, related note, something I just discovered was released last week that I I find myself strangely really wanting. Um, a Vincent Price Blu-ray collection came out, oh. which includes a, huge, best of, a huge chunk of his Roger Corman, Edgar Allan Poe films, or the, in, the Edgar Allan Poe titled films, right? The, including uh, Conqueror Worm, uh, but mostly uh, and with the abominable Dr. Fives, so uh, into his more creative, gleeful, killing ones. So oh, that's good because that I was looking for that and that wasn't in print. Uh, yeah, so it is now. As of about six it, months it ago, is, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if it includes Doctor Fives Rises again, which but, is not as good as Doctor Fives. But it does have Doctor. It's Fibes. much so, more campy. They did that one much for, for more. Yeah. For the so and I don't think it has Theater Blood, which I really want to see. Theater Blood is awesome. But uh, at least it's a start. And there's a box. So there's a box set of, of Vincent Price available now, and. Uh, so I think that's going to be that's a lot of fun. So I so I you yeah boy I gotta go find Theater Blood. It's been too long since okay. I watched that movie. Okay. So next, uh, so I did animated video. So my live action video choice for this year is Iron Man three. If you don't already have mm-hmm. Iron Man three, you got to get Iron I Man three. I do have it. I do have it. It is. It is. I do have it. It is number two to the Avengers. It is the second best uh, of the uh, of Phase One Avengers movies. Actually, Iron Man three becomes Phase two. Is that Phase two? Yeah, anything okay. after Avengers is Phase two. Of all the phases, <laughs> of all the phases, his was the most human. Okay, anyway, go ahead. I would say that Iron Man three is is the is second only to uh, Avengers. All right. What about you, Nate? What's next? Uh, I have no more DVDs. Oh, okay. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of things that I you know no uh, n- no uh, you know I think though what's coming out is you know the Wolverine I, I recommend uh, as a film I really enjoyed that one of one of the films I enjoyed it was most better this than year. Wolverine yes and you know as we know they they're, they're looking to explore a third one Mangold and and Hugh Jackman have agreed to do a third wolverine film based on the strength of the wolverine not just performance it's a yeah. good movie yeah. so i'm looking forward to supposedly coming and i don't know if it's still a, if it's available orderable now but at comic-con you could get all the x-men films and it's worth getting the ones that suck too to be in wolverine's fist with the claw so uh i did it go ahead and order that so it should be coming in cool um 
And uh, yeah, I think that's that, that's where I where I've got. I did want to because I don't want to lose this on Walking Dead. I just noticed today, and I thought of Nate, and and maybe you as a gamer could speak to this, Rick. Is uh, that there's a Walking Dead monopoly and a Walking Dead risk? Yes. And uh, I thought, yeah, that'd be a fun thing to get, Nate. If it wasn't, if we weren't just giving each other the gift of friendship. Of every the year. two, I'd go for the <laughs> I'd go for the risk. The monopoly. Risk. The monopoly is just monopoly again, renamed and stuff. But the uh, the uh, the risk actually the last couple of risk games out have been yeah. not just they've actually been worthy games to play. The Risk Legacy game has uh, has a has a strong following. That's the Great. game that things change every time you play it. And uh, the I've read enough. I don't think it's out yet, or if it's just come out. But the Risk the Risk Walking Dead. The things I read about it made me think that's that's the way to go if you want a standard board game however there were two board games before that for walking dead that i think were both probably stronger category for for walking dead fans i did enjoy the card game you had me play the, at a convention yeah last that's year. that's uh that didn't make my cut but i'll uh, that's that the walking dead dead card game is a remake of a game that's remade made like three or four times and they added some walking dead rules that it really really worked so yeah it's like 10 14 dollars all right about. so now i'm going to go on to toys and games okay and I get to put out a brand new uh, thing, so you got Nate, it in the box Nate can't see the visuals, but uh, I just got this complete set of this toy set. I mean, there's a game attached. There's an app attached. You can download for Android or for iTunes, uh, for your iPod or your phone, this game called Monster 500. So it's a racing game. It plays a lot like Mario Kart with monsters. You know, kind of like what did you say? Uh, the Big Daddy Roth, uh, Big Daddy Roth, uh, um, Freak. The, you know, the, yeah, the the dragsters, dragsters. Yeah. So uh, this one, I brought in one of the big ones. Oh uh, yeah, that's Leadfoot. totally Big Daddy. So Roth. this is an ape. This is a King Kong called Leadfoot. And oh, he, that you know that is that is so going to get the nostalgia guys in there too. Oh yeah. So you so so you have this, and they come with a trading card. And uh, the, so we're looking at a, a dragster with an oversized ape kind of sitting in his butt is in the what where a normal human would really said his feet are out in front. Yes. He's got big, big daddy Roth style eyes and a, and a crazy grin on his and face. Let's see if I can make the sound go to the microphone. And the fire lights up on the side. Right. So yeah. each one of these larger ones do this light up. They have something. Uh, there's a, like an alligator coming out of a toilet seat. Uh, there, then there are on class. wheels. Yeah, and then and they, and, they, and they light up and they do things. So oh, I have, this is like Sasquatch. He's in, he's sitting in a hollowed out log. Right. So then they have regular Hot Wheels size ones. And then these you can put on your iPad and unlock. I mean, it's not that advanced because you know, tele, Angry Birds, Star Wars have been doing this with telepod figures. Yeah. Uh, and it's similar to what's happening with Skylanders and Infinity, but for your iPad. You put this on, and you then can unlock this racer in the game. Interesting. So, oh, it's got a, it's got a, um, tag, so, it's got a tag on the front of it that you scan. Yeah. So there's a, t- so this is one based sort of like Turbo Chainsaw Maverick. So the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Um, so cutie versions and uh, oh, Captain Heinous, the technically Captain Heinous from Uranus. Um, you know, so kids will Good get one. To, kids will get to giggle. Yes. These are exclusively at... Some adults will Google. Yes. These are exclusively at Toys R Us. And Did you just pick these up? I just picked these up. Actually, um, 
I was gifted these. Really? Uh, and so cool. I, you know, it just I just happened to be in the right place at the right time, and someone involved with the ad campaign said, "Would you like? Would your son like these for Christmas?" And I said, "Well, I, I don't say no to this kind of thing because some of them might be a little creepy for him." But the lizard in the toilet, the alligator, he's going to love that. Sasquatch, he'll love the that. The Sasquatch, he's going to love. And um, those are cool. And then they, you can actually get racetracks for them, too. So they have, like, cool stunt sets that you can have. So it's a game that works both ways as a racing game that's free. Yeah. The app is free. So they roll or they motorized? Uh, I th- like Hot Wheels rollers? Or they're they Hot have- Wheels rollers. I don't know if these larger sized are motorized or not. Okay. I haven't taken them out of the pack because I'm, I'm, I am going to give them to my son. Uh, and let him play, and, and we'll go further. But I just thought instinctively for what you just said, too, is like the, old, the older collector is going to look and go, they look like Big Daddy Roth, yep. and, and they, they're cool. And kids are going to go, they're gross. i got to have it because, yep. like, one of them, I can't remember which one, probably the one on the toilet that has, like, a fart sound comes out and yeah. the one that burps and, you know. So, Definitely the popular one. So, and, and, the, and the app plays like Super Mario Kart. Like the parents version. driving all over town going, do you have the alligator that farts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah why farts. not? Why not? So um, I thought got two, really. I, was, got two. I was really pleased to get this and to say, like, this looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. And if I were a little kid, <laughs> instead of a big kid trapped with a little kid's mind inside. Any idea what they charge for them? Like the bigger one? No, is... because I haven't actually seen them on yeah. sale yet. They I would... may not be available that yet. Might, that's probably going for $20, $25, I guess. But I would guess probably about 5 bucks for the little cars. Yeah. Oh, and here's, yes, I've pulled out number five. The crock pot is the alligator in the toilet ah, with a plunger. a little one. little one. And yeah. uh, so, you know, just, just fun-looking characters. And the manufacturer, again, is? It says Animal Asylum. So it's a new company to me. And like I said, they are completely, exclu- at this point, exclusive to Toys R Us. And that's Monster 500. Monster 500. So when you bring up the app, it says, like, a little ad for Toys R Us comes up from it. So uh, I will have the links because I did find the links on Amazon. I just didn't check the prices. So Hey, Oracle, will, are you looking this up all down there on your computer? What's it called? Monster, Monster 500. 500. So like I said, the app, you can get the game, and it races just fine. Like, you can just have a good little two-minute race, you know, for free. So if you, that's all you're interested in doing, get the app, have a little fun little race game with, with some pretty clever graphics. I mean, they look like, you know, Nintendo 64, which I think is about where Mario Kart came from. So that's what it, you know. That's it, right. But it's just kind of fun. The yeah. good Mario Kart. Yeah, so it's just kind of fun. And then you get through, you unlock, you can race through the boxes and get an ability. And, you know, so that's what it reminded me of a lot. And I thought, but that's fun that we've come so far that it could be in my palm of my hand like that. And then again, to have the tactile toys yeah. that are playable. It's on a winning their marketing own. strategy until we all get too tired of it. Yeah. Well, Hot Wheels, big thing. Yeah. You know, I was talking to somebody from Pixar last week, reminding me that, you know, like cars, the Hot Wheels cars, that Pixar makes more money from marketing the toys for cars <laughs> than all of their other movies combined. All right. I'll tell yeah. you what. Those cars, because that's awesome. what I've been working with this last uh, couple yeah. of weeks here. Yeah. There are a billion different types of the same character over and over again. Oh, I know. It's amazing. And I'm glad I didn't really get into collecting them because I would go insane. Like, there were some that I thought were cool, and I was like, early on, bought a few of the cool ones, like, like the Toy Story versions of the cars because uh-huh. they were in the drive-in. And... 
and you go into Disneyland now, and there's like this year's 2013 Christmas versions of Lightning and Maynard, and I was like, those are so cute. I went them, and why? Where would those go? So you know, I have to draw the line somewhere and go. It's Oswald. Um, you know, I can't. I can't be a fan of everything. But I was looking at uh, there are a billion different. Ma- Obviously, there's a billion different everything. Yeah. But the uh, I guess the boss for the the area I'm working for has a bunch of maters. And two of these maters looked exactly the same. I was like, what's the difference between these? One of them was a Toys R Us exclusive. One of them was just the normal one. Uh-huh. We sat there and stared at them. The <laughs> only difference was the packaging. Yep. Maybe one of them had rubber tires instead of plastic tires. <laughs> that would do it. And yet, your boss is a happy man. All right, go over to, uh, to did, Rick. Did you have one, Nate? Do you have any for games? Games, yes. Okay. Let's see. Game number one, I'll just go in the order that they're listed here. Lego Marvel for Xbox 360. Excellent. Do you have it, Nate? No, he's I want that. To he's, he's doing it as his wish, his actual wish list. Do you want it? Both. Yes, I absolutely okay. want that game. I've been playing uh, Lego Star Wars. I'm playing Lego Batman 1. I still don't have Lego Batman 2. But you want Marvel. Yes. Marvel superheroes, and I want Lego Batman too, but yeah. that was an older game, so I didn't pick that one. I would agree with you. I'm looking forward to Lego Marvel superheroes. Yes. Okay. So my my uh, next one is actually a card game, and uh, for those people who have been at someone's house and played Apples to Apples, this is the disturbed older brother. You're going with Cards Against Humanity. Aren't I'm you? telling you, go out if you are an adult person and you have a you want to have a little fun, or look like one, and you want to you, you don't mind some uh, perhaps some disturbing language or imagery, um, you will laugh all night long. We have had parties that have not ended until people were actually passing out from exhaustion playing this game, and probably they the wine was there too. Um, but uh, the the recommendation here is this is a small company that does small print runs of this. Yeah. So if you buy it from this is one place I'm going to say it doesn't always pay to buy this from your friendly link, local uh, brick and mortar store because they usually market uh, they they can't buy it at uh, at retail prices at at their at their wholesale prices. Right. They won't do it. So if you buy it, the only place you can get it at the regular price at the retail recommended prices that I've found is either directly through the company or through Amazon and it should only cost you $25. Right. And so I want to say this and it's um, because I'm all for supporting small businesses and I agree and, and I and I have supported Elusive in this that they do resell it. But yeah. they do mark it up. Yeah. And I do understand it's because I understand the print, why they do it. Because the print run is so small and if and and when people, this is one of those games. I have not given into it yet. Yeah, um, have you played it yet? Have no, you, I have not. But but well, we play but, but comedy sports. Is, well, this is the thing I want you to understand. Yeah, you are the only person that I play games with. Okay, so I see no point in my buying any myself. I, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> so, I have more games than I need. So, so um, although some of my comedy sports friends do, and the game that they love most is Cards Against Humanity. And so I have, I have, you know, alerted them when, oh yeah, Elusive has it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Elusive is charging like fifty bucks for the basic set. Yeah, and there then, there are four expansions that should each cost you about ten bucks a piece. They're individual. But the reality is, it is hard case. to find the time to get it when they've got the print run going. Yeah. 
and you have to go to a store. And if you must go to a store, then yes, of course I recommend Elusive. Even harder than that, they've come out with two seasonal add-ins. Oh, no. There was one last year for Christmas, and they were all Christmas-themed cards. Christmas-themed, quote, air quotes. This morning, at 8 o'clock, I got mail from them saying, we've got our Christmas promo. And they were real kind of like, we weren't really telling you about it. Um, and so you... And it was like it was a pay what you want thing. Yeah. So it's like we, we recommend five dollars. You can pay like three, anything yeah. over three, because that's what we're, it's costing. So I, I did it this morning at eight o'clock for five dollars. Sold out by the middle of the afternoon. No more. You cannot get either of the Christmas ones. But you have it. it, oh, it mine's on order. I'll be okay. getting it. But the the idea that this thing is really popular and you really have to kind of you know go on Amazon, put it on your wish list with, along with a mail notification for when they get it in uh, in stock and then yeah. jump on it when they do. Okay. But I, I, I give copies of this out all the time. Well, no, I, I, I'm saying it's a great choice because I, I do not know a single person who has started playing it who doesn't absolutely love it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... Cards Against Humanity. Okay. Uh, any other one that, for you, Nate? Yes. <laughs> yes. Grand Theft Auto Five. Okay. This is the one that's like back to basics. It's, it's the back, current one. It's back in Southern California, or uh, I believe it is in Southern California. Uh, let's see if there's a little description here. It looked Players like switch between characters constantly with a single button press, allowing them to see missions from different perspectives. Players yeah. will be able to participate in multiple activities, including yoga, triathlons, jet skiing, base jumping, tennis, and golf. Uh, it's Los Santos, which, yes, is Southern California. I was getting less of a beaten up the hookers vibe from this and more of an Ocean's Eleven vibe from this one. Hmm. <laughs> it's Again, kind of, another game the, that I don't have. We gotta get the gang yet. back together, kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a mob mentality game. Yeah. All right. Um, I will go back as as Rick recommended. I was going to do is Disney Infinity. Uh, I think a lot of people are waiting for for the holidays. I'll give you this tip. Uh, I have heard that on Black Friday. Because I do not condone going out on the actual Thanksgiving. For God's sake, just overeat and pass out like every other God, uh, God-fearing American. <laughs> Friday is for recovery. Friday, no, Friday is for shopping. Black Friday, Toys R Us will, and possibly Target, will have Disney Infinity starter bundles for uh, 50% off. Wow. So you, oh, can, so you can get the starter kit for under $40. And that would include a Jack, uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean game with Jack, a Jack Sparrow figure, the Monsters University game with Sully, and the Incredibles, Incredibles. game with Mister Incredible. So there's great. I'm gonna put that up, in its own is like 50, 60 hours of gameplay. I you know last night I decided like because I had the extra characters like uh, you know I, I've got I've got Mike and I've got uh, Randall. So I was gonna do, or Randy, as they call him, because he's yeah. the college age version. So I was, oh, I gotta, I gotta level up Randy. So I went back in. I, I can't do the name bicycle tricks, but I still enjoyed the whole, like, that there are little corners of all three of those worlds that I'm not finished with. Yeah. But I felt very satisfied playing those games. I also thought Lone Ranger was pretty good. I finished all the way through Lone Ranger. Um, cars. 
Uh, racing games are a little harder for me for whatever reason. I, I, I can't. I'm not a great steer. Give me something to punch. I'm very good at. Um, but uh, but I like the like the effort on that. Um, I think that the system it remains a game that is improving. Like I feel like the Toy Story game is an improvement because they responded to some of the complaints about yeah. the first three, four, or five games. I don't think I could go back and play Monsters University even with a different character. I just don't think it would be that that interesting. It was fun while it did it. The night missions were fun. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. But the uh, I, I thought that The Incredibles was a little bit better than that one. Yeah. And I'm um, I'm just, I'm in Pirates I, of the Caribbean right now. Pirates is a good game. They're and very th- different games. And I th- and they are. And, I, and Cars is a good series of racing games. Okay. I just have always had a difficulty with those, and that's just one of those things. That, you know, but I think it's a, good, it's a good, for what it is, it's a very good game. Toy Story, I'm having, I'm running into things where I've clearly missed something and I feel like I have to start over again. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, what I'm able to play in in there is is really fun. So uh, I, I'm enjoying that. And then, then you know, it's only going to expand. So I did, I found the link. I did paste the link into Evernote. And then Amazon has a bundle that for Christmas you will be able to get almost all the characters for uh, about $200. I know that's a pricey thing, but we're talking about a Christmas gift. All the all the extra characters, and also get um, the Sorcerer Mickey that's not due out elsewhere until January. You should put that link up on the Fanboy Planet no, website. I know I'm planning, or at to, least on the Facebook page. Go, no, it's going to be on the sales page tonight. Okay, we're, I'm going to have the gift guide up. I've already started building it. Okay, so this is I will find it. I will put this link in. And My gift list is on Amazon. It's all the uh, it's it's uh, well, public, I'll public list. I'll re listen. Uh, yes, but but then they, we don't get the Fanboy Planet kickback. The other thing I, I, that I'd want to say is, of course, and the first link I put on the page is, uh, if you're going to uh, be you know helping the economy, the, the first thing is there's a link to Red Cross for uh, the Philippines. And uh, I feel very strongly about that, too, is, you know, if we're going to be shopping and all this, and we are lucky uh, as we approach the holiday season that it's unseasonably warm here. But, <laughs> you know, in the Philippines, there's, there are entire towns wiped out. Yeah. So uh, I would say give to relief first. And then give when you're tired of giving to relief, then uh, buy yourself something nice. And a little kickback goes back to Fanboy Planet to host the, the, the uh, help with the hosting. So, um, anything, my, what else do you My got? last game. Now, this, this is odd because this year we got a, a, collect, a card game, box card game sets from both DC and Marvel. Yes. That were, are like what? Card building games, they're, right? Well, they're deck building deck games. Deck building games. Along the lines of uh, Dominion and, um, and a number of other games that have come out since then. The one I'm recommending is neither of those. The one I'm recommending is from a smaller company. And it's called Sentinels of the Multiverse. And the reason I've seen why, it. The reason I'm recommending this is, um, as a small company, and the art style that they used, and the printing style, and the gameplay, it feels much more like a comic book. You don't get the name characters you get, but I think they had to protect those a little bit more. And what you have in it is everyone at the table trying to take down a big bad character at the end. And I love the way they did the big bads because the big bads cards on one side are first you got to get them knocking down to zero on the first one, and then it flips over, 
and then he's coming back in a giant robot sh- suit. So you, then you have to take him down. It's even more points. But at that time, all your characters have slowly built up through the play of cards, too. So it really has a good feel to it. Plus, I mean, the, the first game is now in its second edition. The second edition is is greatly packaged. Better, better, ga- better game, better rules, all this. It's about $34. And they have already done four expansions for it. So you can pick the when you've when you've played through these initial cards, you have four expansions plus a bunch of mini expansions that cost like five bucks a piece. So Sentinels of the Multiverse, if you want to play a superhero board a game on the table that is not plugged in, getting together with your friends, it's a collaborative a collaborative oh, game. Rick said too much wine. I couldn't even see that. It was invisible wine. It was behind the mic. Um it's a collaborative game, which means everyone at the table uh, is fighting, and they are either going to win or lose the um, the game together. So, there you go. Howdy. What are you guys talking about? Comics right now and geek stuff, board games, comics? Christmas gift, What's toys, fun? games. He used to read them as a kid. Don't know, don't know very much about them, but what do you I mean? Nightwing? We we uh, every week we talk about uh, movies, TV, comics. Uh, right now we're doing our Christmas list, so it's all our recommendations. Up, but uh, for, yeah, yeah. So DC, Marvel, Star Wars, the whole thing. Wait, what has he got on his arm? Oh, cool! It's Batman and Catwoman. No, Watchmen. Watchmen. It's the night out. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. It is. Oh, nice. That is okay. Nice. Yes, uh, the, the, his patron has come up with a. That's a beautiful sleeve. Uh, <laughs> Happy face, bloody happy face, the comedian's button with a mushroom cloud. We've got a guy on, on from Los Angeles on online, oh. so we can't hear it. Uh, so we've got to describe it for him. Uh, the mushroom cloud with the, smi- with the bu- comedian's button and the silhouette. Uh, and that is when they are being, the, it's Dr. Manhattan's it's vision. A, it's a, it's a, a, her dream, her dream, her right? That the has about the yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. That's Very awesome. Nice. That's awesome. And your name is, go ahead, please. My name is Michael Morales. It's Hang on, a, I, that one's down. Try it again. Turn it up. Go ahead. Yeah, my name is Michael Morales. It's a tattoo from Watchmen. It's the premonition that Night Owl has. It's the explosion. It was done by James McDermott over at Staircase Tattoo. I had a vision for it. I actually originally wanted the comedian and the original Silk Spectre holding each other, but he just admitted to me. He's like, you know, I'm not much of a comic book artist. He's all those people that draw them have drawn them time and time again from various positions. He's all, why don't we take different aspects of the book that are there and put, instead of pulling elements that aren't really there and, and bringing that together, he's yeah. like, why don't we pull different aspects of things that are there and bring those ideas together and sort of blend them together. I know you want color, so he added the green and the yellow, and originally it was black and white. But. And when your arm is a panel, that's really, you have to do something that goes uh, well, really vertical like that. That's I'm, a dedication I'm not I'm planning on getting do. the entire, <laughs> <laughs> I have, that's why another reason, that's why I have this as well. So All right. Ah, nice, the Watchman uh, button. I'm planning on getting the, the, uh, whole, button. the, the whole arm is going to be sleeved with Watchman. I'm going to get, on this side, it's going to go around to a watch that's going to be at five minutes to midnight. Yeah. Oh, and nice. And it's going to be the comedian's eyes. And then the so you've read the book? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. So uh, we'd say that the one gift we had not thought of is get yourself a comic book-based tattoo. Yeah, there you go. Uh, or buy it for a friend. It's, it's the gift on, that keeps on giving. On this arm, it's from The Killing Joke. That's, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's hard to tell, but that's, that's it's the, the joker. The face that I wanted is from The Killing Joke. 
Sweet. Yeah, yeah, but it looks a little dick springy. Can I see? Let me take a photo of the Watchmen arm again. Absolutely, I can. I have more pictures too. Here, just, if you, if you give me your email address or whatever, I can. Uh, we'll I can put this up, it. and you've got a better. Great, 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 great. Because actually, you know, there's a possibility we could get this over to Dave Gibbons. He'd enjoy seeing that. So, um, cool. What is the name of your guys' podcast? The Fanboy Planet Podcast. Let me give you a card. Sure, that'd be great. I'd love to take a listen. That'd be awesome. so, when do you guys podcast from here? We, re- we record pretty much every Wednesday night. And then last week we brought in speakers. We did, But tonight was more of a little uh, discussion show. But we had speakers in here last night. We had uh, Last Wednesday we had uh, people sitting right about where you are. Oh, we live right down the street. So cool. I have to... Do you guys post what you're going to be? On our Facebook, on page, our Facebook yeah. page, yeah, yeah. we have a Facebook fan yeah. page, and uh, we noted we send a notice when we're being and here. And Paul was a longtime listener, and so he like he said, "Come on down and record sometime." So we started coming, you know, because we've known Paul for years since before he owned the place. So, okay. yeah. so it was nice meeting you guys. Nice to meet you, man. I'll Great work. I'll email you. I have uh, actually because it was a three part process that tattoo. I'd love I have to see progress it. shots. So I'd I'll love to see it. Pictures. Work at the tattoo shop right here. Terrific. Okay. Nice meeting you. Cool. They do all this stuff. Cool. Excellent. All right. That's right. Thanks. Hi. Rick. Nice to meet you. Nice, nice to meet, meet you. you. Can I get your card? Yeah. Yeah, hang on. I think I do have another card. <laughs> like, I was just down in L.A., and I was like, oh, I have a few cards. Let me put those in the wallet. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Nice to meet you guys. Very good. See you again soon. See you. We're on iTunes, too. You can find us on iTunes and listen to the previous shows. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Bye-bye. That one down. Oh, proof positive that we are. (laughs) Being here works. We're live live, uh, at a bar. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Because, uh, which proves my whole thing is like uh, like going to Disneyland and watching a 60-year-old man shake hands with Thor, and be excited to flex muscles with the guy playing Thor is people want to believe. And I look around, and pe- that, like those people walked up, and I'm like, they're not going to be comics fans. And then that guy pulls, pulls out a tattoo of the watch. And he's got this whole concept for, you know, that's, that's great. Yeah. Again, you know, somebody... somebody Faith on, and humanity, man, somebody, restored. Somebody on Facebook was complaining, one of the people that was ultimate fans, like, you know, I miss the days when you'd have to special order a T-shirt Instead of, you know, everybody has a knock, has the same Captain America shirt from Target. And I'm like, I don't miss those days. Yeah. I love that I can go into Target and I can get a Captain America shirt. And that looks like I bought it 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but that you walk around. Oh, seriously, no, I, totally. seriously. Next time you go to Disneyland, because I know Debbie said you're, going, you're planning soon. Yeah. Is count that Captain America shield shirt. How many different people you see wearing it in one day at Disneyland. Yeah. I, I think my right now my record is like seven. But the fact that I see seven walking around at Disneyland not wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt, you know, yeah. it's it you know, it's amazing. It's cool. It's a great time to be a nerd. Yes. I say that, I keep saying it, it's wonderful. So do we have any other gifts, Nate? Yes, I have two more games. Then go ahead, Nate, you go. Game number one is Batman Arkham Origins, which I haven't even played Arkham City yet. No, so, no, you know, no. I've, I've played a bunch of Origins already. What's that? I've played, I played probably about five hours of Origins so far. And? And I like it better than I liked uh, the second in the series. The uh, Even though it's not written by Paul Dini? I, you know, I haven't noticed. 
I haven't noticed. Uh, what, I, what I can tell you is that uh, you get into the story a lot faster and you're into the thick of things and it doesn't feel like I'm building up with a lot of weak stuff. Um, I, I've, got, uh, I've got fabulous toys to play with this Batman. All right. and, and it's a big, big map. All right. So, What's your other game? Sweet. You want my last one? Is Deadpool. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting about it. Is that out now? Yeah, me too. It's been so out for months. It is out. Oh. It came out in like June or July, I want to say. It's even dropped for bucks. console? It, it, or it's for... even dropped for console. It's dropped down 10 bucks. It's down to 39 bucks. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's It's got uh, four and a half stars out of 76 reviews on Amazon. Okay. That's pretty good. Which is on par with Lego Marvel, which has four and a half stars. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto Five, four and a half stars, and somehow Batman Arkham Origins three stars. Huh? Yeah, I, I've heard some people disappointed, but you know that might be a pick. You know, I've, uh, the complaint I've heard is there's new fighting's the same as it was before, and you know that's okay by me. The fighting before I really loved. I so. loved that game, which I'll then I'll throw in because with the PS4 coming out, which will be in time for Christmas. Not that I'm sold on getting a PS4, PS4 and Xbox 360 will be out the Xbox this month. One. Xbox One, right? Pardon me. Come Xbox on. One. Oh man, they're gonna take away your. I've your already MVP got it ordered. I, I don't have to remember what it's no, called. No, but you have to remember. You sure you do? You I have the to... receipt in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Along with a tattoo of uh, you know, but um, uh, that uh, Injustice Gods Among Us is going to then release a complete edition for PS4, revamped with all the downloadable content already there. So uh, if you have not invested in Injustice Gods Among Us and you are going to get a PS4, I think, or an Xbox One, I think they have it for Xbox One as well. They probably do. Then it is time to go ahead and invest because I, I thought that was a, a very satisfying fighting game. It was very fun. I normally do not buy games in their first week, but that in Infinity I did. And I am glad that I went ahead and paid the full price for Injustice because... My son and I have had so much fun playing that game for months until Infinity came out, and then Infinity's pretty much taken up everything since. But yeah. that, and strangely enough, on PS3, uh, Fat Princess. My son loves Fat Princess. Yes. <laughs> we play, what is Fat Princess? Um, there's this <laughs> princess. Um, you, you're like these little guys defending a castle, and there are these magic cupcakes that fatten up princesses so you're fighting to when they kidnap your princess they try to fatten her up so she gets too heavy to carry out and rescue <laughs> it was a common strategy in feudal times yeah <laughs> so it's a, it's it's both story based and just fun and, and i just my son just had a has a blast well, with they, it they and then you, and you can the... pl- and you can play it on net on you know on the network so he plays with his cousin when he comes over you know, and we and they they play together, and uh, it's, it's a silly game. It's only a downloadable on the P- PlayStation Network. So um, that's all I've got. Is that what you I've got? got? Two in random. Okay, go ahead, random. Real oh, quick. Oh yeah, that one. So uh, one is uh, you've no doubt if you've got a good camera that shoots to a uh, SD RAM card, you've probably had to make the decision times. Do I take this picture now so I can upload it when I get back to my PC? Or do I use my phone so I can upload it to Facebook right now? Well, there's a new SD RAM card. It's actually not quite new. They've had it for a while called the iFi, E-Y-E-F-I. Yeah, and I do have the link. I, I found the link. 
this afternoon. So. The, which you, what you may not have is the latest version of it, which is the iFi Mobi, which the used to be that you had to, with the iFi, be in proximity of an actual local area network, a LAN that you, yes. you could get onto with both the camera and the uh, phone. They've eliminated it now, and now they directly connect from the phone to the camera. And the film, so you need nothing other than those two devices. You take the picture with your 13 megapixel camera, with the great lens you have, yeah. and all that. It will, it can automatically sync to your phone, and then you can upload it, and it works great. Okay. So it comes in a, it, I think the biggest one they make is 16 gigabytes. I believe that's what I linked to. Yeah. So. So. Cool. And the other one that I have, and this is just because, hey, if you're a fanboy. You probably spend a lot of time sitting in a chair. And by the way, if you're a fanboy, that's the only reason you made it this far in the podcast. So go ahead. <laughs> so you probably don't realize how much time you are sedentary. That's the, the term sedentary, oh, which I means do. not moving around. And now there's a device that you can get. Uh, it's actually been out for a while in different forms called the Fitbit, which you carry with you. And it's like a, it's like a 21st century pedometer. It will tell you how far you've walked. It will keep keep track of you against your goals for the day. And you really should be taking about 10,000 steps a day to keep yourself fit. And so you can see halfway through the day, am I getting close to that, that uh, goal? Do I need to go out for a walk this evening? And it's always on your wrist. They just came out with a new one called the Fitbit Force, which actually incorporates, a oddly enough, a watch into it. So it's a watch and alarms. It keeps track of your of your um, your steps, uh, walking up and down stairs, uh, aerobic exercise. It, it keeps track of all this for you, and it sends you mail and keeps your progress records. Uh, highly recommend it. It's time for everybody to to uh, all of us. We all want to live long enough to see the Avengers three, right? Yes. Yes, and the only way we're going to do it is by being a little bit more fit. So my recommendation is the Fitbit Force. It only it costs about a hundred bucks, and uh, I I've, I've already been I've been using mine for a couple of months now, and I, I recommend all my friends get them and use them. Just before the end titles of Avengers three, there we go. We all die <laughs> <laughs> because we exercise too much. <laughs> no, that's probably not going to be the problem. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, I hope that this has been a very helpful. Uh, gift guide this year, and I'm excited that we got it done before Black Friday because usually we're after. Yeah. Uh, so this is good. So you can check it out on Cyber Monday. You can check us out on, on Black Friday. You can start ordering now because I so I've gotten most of my kids' stuff done uh, already because I was like, oh, thank wow, you. yeah, I was thinking, oh, fun stuff. I know, uh, and there's still things to be done. You know, and I want to recommend just an odd place for fandom stuff. I forgot one thing. The most awesome well, thing in the world in, happened. You can go into it. What? Um, ThinkGeek got the sun visors for your car. The Star Wars one. That have the cockpit of the Millennium the Falcon. The one that you wanted me to get. Yes. I yes, got yes. it. I yeah. have it now. Yes. I saw. I did see a link. So I, I will look for that link as well. I'm sure that will show up somewhere on uh, Amazon as well. I think they have a thing with ThinkGeek. Probably. But the other thing I was going to say is if you want to just go and find interesting little things... Uh, tchotchke stock, stocking stuffer for the fan in your life. Hot topic. Oh, like, yeah. I paid it because they got a lot of little Minecraft stuff. A lot, a lot of, of zombie little, stuff. 
a lot of zombie stuff, a lot of Doctor Who stuff, a lot of My Little Pony stuff. Yeah. Uh, and having, so that brony in your life. Yeah, well, well, I do. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. I've got to take I've got to take my medication now. Um, it, yeah, you know, and so I, I thought it was it was really cool. A lot of things that I didn't know existed that were just like cool. Oh, that'll be cool to the stocking stuffer, you know. And so, um, really cool little place to check out for fandom because it, it seems very gothy. Yes, yeah. But it's become hip. There's a lot of Adventure Time stuff, a lot of Minecraft, and that's what goes in my house. So you know, you it's it's there. So uh, we hope you found this useful. Uh, we hope you listened this far, and if you did, please, of course, look us up on iTunes and uh, rate us, uh, subscribe to us, tell your friends, and check us out on the Stitcher app as well. Oh, we will not be recording next week. That's right. Check us out on www.fanboyplanet.com, and we will be taking what they call in the sports world a bye week. Oh, yeah. Uh, because uh, Resting up for the big game. We're getting ready to buy a lot of stuff for on Black Friday. Uh <laughs> No, it's just that uh, Rick will be out of town. I had some conflicts, and, well, our man in Los Angeles is always in Los Angeles, so I want to take a night off. Um, we will figure out. We know we'll get something out for the, the Thanksgiving after. for the Thanksgiving week. We're still negotiating our time. But, uh, of course, if you would like to also, you know, if all this inspires you to drop a little money on our PayPal donation, that would be wonderful as well. This hosting this time. Uh, is out of pocket, done for love. So any anything back is 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 nice. Um, so uh, this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I am Dave Costa, <laughs> and I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. Yeah. We're six minutes early. I figured I'd get him on. Nathan? How's it going? Very good. Hello. Hi. That's funny. I'm hearing an echo when... Are you on your, just your laptop? Yeah, I haven't plugged in my headphones yet. Ah, that's where we're getting echo. It's kind of charming in a, I really don't know how to do audio sound it kind of way. <laughs> what? All right. How's the weather in Southern California today? Oh, it's wonderful. It was about 88 today. We are headed for the biggest drought. Yep. Okay.
the Nate Hate Club is at the table next to us. I think oh, they're going wonderful. over their uh, fantasy football stuff. Do they actually hate Nate? No, they just call themselves that. Oh, okay. Do you want to say hi to him? Yeah, let me uh, hold on one second. <laughs> okay. Can you hear me now? I can. I may have to take Am I you echoing up. still? Is that the level you're going to be at? Try uh, being a little more volume. Hello, this is Nate Costa coming to you. That's good. Via Skype. That's good. All right, I'm going uh, to run back into the kitchen and grab my dinner from the microwave. All right, fair enough. And I'll be right back. It's very unprofessional to eat while you talk. Thank you. <laughs> but we can't tell until you tell us you're getting your food. Anything else interesting? Are you going over? Uh, uh, what did I put in? Um, Miyazaki came out of retirement. <laughs> really? <laughs> you retired for three to months. Do, and yeah, that's to, it. Do, to do a manga. To do a manga? Yes. Not so, anime. Not anime. Um, you know, there didn't seem to be much... No, we, I, we, I think we might we, honestly be short tonight. We, okay. we never covered that last movie that he did. I didn't. I still haven't watched it. It's Have still you? next to my TV set. <laughs> okay, so. Well, I want to watch it to Debbie. I think she'll like this one. She likes Miyazaki stuff. Okay. And the only way I can get Debbie to watch something is if, like, there's a power failure and she can't watch any of her normal recorded shows, her reality shows. I know your pain. It's just. Um, Take Debbie out of the story, and then it's my mother, and then and then it you know it makes it sadder when I say it somehow. <laughs> I can't. I'm not that I want to watch things, about, but maybe I do want to watch things. Maybe on it's my mom's it's because TV. the prelude to this is after a hard day's work, and then a and a trip to the gym on the way home. She really doesn't want to sit down and watch her movie with me. Oh well, after a hard day of watching reality series that she's <laughs> recorded. That's not true. On Tuesday nights, except for the last two, because I've been elsewhere, uh, she does at least let me take over the television for S.H.I.E.L.D., which I still haven't watched last night's S.H.I.E.L.D. So I gotta do oh, damn. I knew I should have told you to. I, I really had no time to do it. It was the best one. It was the most S.H.I.E.L.D. Then we can episode. say that much, and then you can just make me just be very I'm gonna talk about. about I want to talk about one character they brought on. There's one character they, they've had on before that they brought back. Okay. And then there was one character that was like, oh, my God. That was not expected at all. It's always weird when you sound like a teen girl. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's odd. I know. It was a little bit more impromptu before. When I wasn't trying to live up to anything. I know. I know. I'm just tired of <laughs> You're just life. tired of teenage girls. I'm tired of life. I just brought two books with me tonight. Oh, I just I ran by it and uh, I didn't I didn't find all that much interesting tonight. 
today. No, I mean, it's a lot of good stuff, but it's just nothing that, that was noteworthy for being new this week. Or no, no, I didn't think so either. Uh, did you did you buy the the only thing- unbequeathed or whatever it was? Apparently, it's the people who were doing Wasteland oh, no. for IDW. No. I looked at it; it just looked looked a little too much like a like one out of the only a dozen thing, Vertigo the series. The only thing that I would find worthy talking about mentioning is this because if it's still Nightwing Zero Year, yeah. I want to see how they're fucking up Dick Grayson's legacy. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I almost bought that one. So right. I bought. This was my impulse of like, I have a feeling. I'm going to be really bitter. Yeah. I'll save that bitterness for the book. <laughs> but, yeah, my, my comment, I mean, you know, I don't have much. Um, you know, I, I did go to see the, the Treasures of Asgard. Yeah, as, I saw your article. I, haven't, so, I skimmed it. I haven't read it. Well, I figured that came, that came up late. And the, the point is it's more worth talking about to people that that means there's two things, and they're definitely going to leave them up for, for quite a while. So... Yes, and then which means there's going to be a Winter Soldier thing too. And oh wow! So there's going to be a Captain America exhibit, and they're building it up to really be. Let me guess: Winter Soldier is going to be in the Matterhorn. No, it's it's a stretch. No, Rawr. you need better writers. No, uh, it's What's the Winter area for. No, no, no! I don't think it's going to be Winter Soldier. I think it's going to be Captain America exhibit. Right. And, like, really, this doesn't necessarily, it wasn't necessarily a dark world, though they had nods to it by having the prophecy, the Book of Prophecy and the Mask of Malekith okay. uh, on display. You don't want to give too much away. No, I just give it, I, I, I held off on it. I mean, it's just anything you'd want to, it, you know, I do want to give it away. I mean, it, because you've got to experience it, but it's like, it's like riding a ride. What do you do in a ride? Um, I thought the storytelling of it was pretty decent. And Nate, do you have a uh, a Christmas list? You yeah, did, he did text yeah. me. He was putting that together. Excellent. Probably got better than I do. I think we're ready to start. I think so. Anything too. else? Anything else particularly noteworthy we're going to bring up? No, I not. Well, I'd rather surprise with one thing. We'll talk about oh, yeah. the Marvel Netflix deal and. Uh, Hey, Nate, did you watch S.H.I.E.L.D.? Of course. Okay. Are you watching uh, At Midnight with Chris uh, Hardwick? I'm DVRing it. I've watched like three or four of them. That is like my favorite half hour of comedy on TV right now. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I think it's really, it's really inventive, and uh, I, haven't got, I haven't got begun to get tired of any other bits. Yeah. I agree. So, um, so yeah. let's see. All right. I will just await you pointing at me. Okay, ready? Three. Hold on. Holding on. I heard a fork. <laughs> okay, now I'm ready. Are all the are, are, are all the little raviolis out of your mouth? Yes. Okay. Ravioli. Hey, did you want to say hello to the Nate Hate group before we start? Sure. Okay. Hang on just a second. They say this week they love you. Oh. Hello, Nate. 
Hi, how's it going? You know who this is. Keep talking. Um, is it Jim? <laughs> did you just say Jim? Yeah. Oh, you're awesome. So I'm glad I got up and said and came over to say hi then. Hey, Jimmy. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm not even. Besides your numerous injuries. <laughs> I know. Have you heard about that? Uh, just via email. Oh yeah, I got another one too. I blew out a hammy too. Oh no. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's just that I suck or being 38. I don't know what it is. But... <laughs> yeah, 38 is real bad. Is that when it happens? Yeah, that's like... when it happens. Actually, 37 happens. You don't notice until 38, and it's too late then. It was 38. I blew out a moon's over my hammy. <laughs> it was uh, pretty bad. It's... The waitress was pissed. I, I think I've done that when yeah. I was 25. Actually, uh, I think I did notice a lot of that when I was 37 too. So yeah, I probably should have stopped. But. Anyway, Nate, I wanted you mean to come like by. Hemingway stopped or what? Oh no, 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 no. no. You didn't? Did you get that? Uh, I think so. Okay. <laughs> no, not that. Um, not yet, anyway. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I wanted to come by and say hi, Nate, since no one else. Hey. So I'm. You guys are over there doing your fantasy football. T- I Good can to tell hear by from all you. The hand they're, gestures. They're actually done. They oh. just didn't want to get up and say hello. Oh, okay. They're, tell they, them all to go you. to hell. I will. And I'll mean it. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, um, hope to see you soon. All right, yeah. How's, how's Hopefully job, I can job, get in the uh, game. How's the job thing going? Oh, I'm still looking. Yeah? Yeah. All yeah. Right. Well, so is my wife, so. <laughs> now that I brought it's a fun. complete downer. That sounds like um, a really awkward punchline. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, hope they listen, I hope they listen to the whole thing there. There you go. Come in. All right. Bye, Nate. All right, buddy. Thanks. See ya. Thanks. Okay, Nate. We can do a whole podcast about job searches. There you go. The job That's search. That's right. The Fanboy Planet job search. Oh, God. <laughs> Are you ready, Nate? I'm ready. In three, two, one. Listen up, fanboy.